Welcome to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 16, 1996. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning across all these many, many time zones from the Hawaiian and Tahitian Island chain all the way east over flyover country. To the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, good morning in St. Thomas, down to South America, north to the pole, worldwide, yes, worldwide on the Internet. This is Coast to Coast AM. Good to be with you. A programming note. Now, who else would do this? It will compete with my show in the Western time zones, but Nightline tonight will do a show about UFOs. And life from elsewhere. And that'll be in about a half hour from now. Who else gives away their audience? <laughs> Those of you that are in time zones that have already seen it, I caught the last five minutes of it. That's, isn't that awful? Uh, we will, of course, record it here in a half hour, but uh, I caught the last five minutes of it. And it seemed... Uh, Seemed to leave uh, the question open. I guess that they really had no choice, did they? Since we don't know, is life frequent? Is life infrequent? Are we alone? Would that be sad? You know that sort of thing at the very end. Uh, but I did not catch the body of the program. Somebody else wrote and said basically it was no good. But I wouldn't make that judgment till I saw it, and uh, I will depend on your judgment. So Nightline, all about um, the kind of things we talk about many times. Now, um, the stock market was quite remarkable today. I, I watched it. I'm very, very interested in the market, and I, I don't know why, actually, because I'm not invested in the market. I don't have money. I have no money in the market at all, but I am fascinated by it, and it went down around 1 o'clock in the afternoon to about 167 points. And at that point, the little talking heads were coming on CNN saying, this is it, free fall, everybody is selling at any price, it's the end. You know, and then, of course, it came back and ended up plus 9 points by the end of the day. And I told you yesterday, I've learned over a long period of time that can easily occur. The volatility will no doubt continue um, tomorrow. I would imagine, and uh, it's hard to say where it's going to go, but it sure is interesting to watch, and I don't know why. Maybe it's that end-of-the-world thing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so watch the, uh, the market. If you, uh, anybody have any idea why it is so interesting to watch the market? I'm not sure myself. Michael Irvin has apologized. Uh, he has received four years probation as part of a plea bargain. And I frankly, I kind of bought his apology. I, I thought it was uh, heartfelt. And um, the poor guy, I kind of felt sorry for him. I mean, it really was a good apology. It doesn't exactly change the question. And that is whether, the one I asked yesterday, and that is whether if you or I were caught uh, with, with cocaine, whether we would uh, have the opportunity to get probation as he did. 
I kind of doubt it. So did he get this because he's Michael Irvin? Yeah, probably to some degree. But his apology did seem to me to be heartfelt. And I'm not sure what he's going to do now. He's going to go home, he's going to talk to his wife, and he's going to think about his future, and he may or may not play football. Boris Yeltsin's back, maybe. The vice president, not exactly a physician, said why he looks good. But everybody else seemed to observe that he didn't look good at all. He was slow, pale, uh, not looking good at all, in some sort of health retreat, which I think they have renamed. It's a hospital, actually. So I don't think Yeltsin's in very good shape, no matter what you may hear from the VP. All have had athletes test positive for steroids. This is kind of interesting. One British doctor said that, in his opinion, 75% of the people competing use some kind of drugs, illegal drugs, steroids, whatever. And that the facilities to detect these drugs are not keeping pace with the ability of the athletes to mask the use of drugs. So I guess win at any price, eh? Uh, seismologists, this is rather interesting. At Columbia University in New York, this, by the way, is Reuters tonight, are reporting what they say is a major and surprising find. Listen to this. The researchers say they've measured the motion of the Earth's solid inner core for the first time and found, guess what? It rotates faster than the planet itself. Wow! Think about that. They found that the inner core rotates in the same direction as the Earth, but completes its once-a-day rotation about two-thirds of a second more quickly than the entire planet. The scientists say this discovery could lead to a greater understanding of earthquakes and knowledge about the Earth's magnetic field. The research is published in the current issue of the journal Nature. So the core, the solid core now they're talking about of the Earth is actually going faster than the Earth itself. Now, isn't that something to contemplate? Um, again, the latest... Um, Poll politically says Mr. Dole continues to lose ground about 24 points down. George Will, as I told you yesterday, beginning to talk about um, uh, an, an insurrection at the convention. I got a letter uh, from a listener uh, earlier today addressed to Mr. Barber, Haley Barber. And I'll read it to you, and you see if you agree or disagree with this. Uh, dear Chairman Barber, the choice of Susan Molinari to be the keynote speaker at the Republican convention is unacceptable and an insult to all pro-life Republicans. Susan Molinari's pro-death views, his words, um, are a terrible thing to contemplate to all pro-lifers, and her choice to be the keynote speaker is tantamount to a slap in the face of all pro-life Republicans. Now, 
Bob Dole should immediately withdraw his name from consideration as the Republican candidate, and you, Mr. Barber, should resign. You and your cronies in the eastern pro-death liberal wing of the Republican Party are so totally out of touch with the mainstream uh, Republicans that unless you resign and Bob Dole releases his delegates to an open convention, both of you will be blamed for a Democratic sweep of the House and Senate, as well as the re-election of the President in November. We want an open convention in San Diego. We want Bob Dole to either withdraw his candidacy or release his delegates before the first ballot. Dreamville, he's not going to do that, of course. And then this piece of email. Uh, dear Art, there is no great surprise that Bill Clinton is 24 points ahead of Bob Dole. According to the latest polls, in spite of the sleazy conduct of the first couple and their cabinet over the past three years, simply put, women voters find Bill Clinton very vibrant and attractive. And like JFK, whose approval ratings were rarely above 50% throughout his term, Clinton has become a political juggernaut because of the, quote, gender gap, end quote, Moreover, Dole and the Republicans face a geritol gap, that is, seniors falsely believe the Republicans want to do away with Medicare and Social Security benefits. Now that this image is lodged firmly in the collective consciousness of American seniors, Dole and Gingrich are powerless to prevent the Democrat landslide in 96. Now, this is a little bit of a, a study in human nature for you. I came on the air very, very excited last night, as I am still tonight, about this amazing, amazing crop circle at Stonehenge. Now, uh, you've never seen anything like it. Do you remember when we had a talk and I said, no matter what the evidence of anything, people would doubt? Well, I would say 90% of you, in responding by email and fax, have been as amazed by it as I have been. But I've, I've really, after I tell you what's up there again, I, I've really got to read you a couple of faxes that perfectly point out, illustrate my opinion about no matter the evidence, how some people will disbelieve. Now, Linda Moulton Howe reported on the Crop Circle Sunday, a remarkable one at Stonehenge, and um, it is 915 feet long, 508 feet wide, covers 10 acres, and is composed of 151 circles, ranging in size from 6 to 60 feet. That's big. We have a good, high-detail, um, color, aerial photograph of this crop circle with Stonehenge in the background. And I would guess since yesterday I've received no less than 300 pieces of email and uh, faxes and so forth about this, responding to it. I couldn't keep my mailbox clear. Uh, so um, here are just two faxes 
that will, I guess, uh, illustrate for you the great body of everything I got. Facts one. Wow! Well, to all the naysayers, look at this and weep. If there ever was one that you could hang your hat on, this is it. It passes the Missouri test. I don't know who's in charge up there, but thank you for giving us such a beautiful sign. Oh, yeah. Thank you for doing it in the crops instead of some other places. Enough said. So uh, this is uh, the venerable Alexander in South Carolina. Typical of about ooh, 90% of what I got. Now, remember, uh, there have been people examining this crop circle. Remember, a pilot has signed uh, a piece of paper saying that crop circle was not there 15 minutes beforehand. Other people on the ground saying the same thing. He signed a, a deposition to that fact, as a matter of fact. Then comes this fax email. Art. I listened to all the raves about the picture on last night's show. It's true, it is a lovely image, but I think it was created on a photo editing software. Thus, the elaborate fractal image superimposed on an otherwise perfectly good aerial view of Stonehenge. Somebody in England sure is having a lot of fun with this stuff. <laughs> So you see, no matter what it is, here is somebody who is convinced that they took a picture of uh, aerial view of Stonehenge and superimposed or did a, a bit of uh, computer fun and, um, and, and made this picture up. So it does not matter the fact that people have been walking in it, uh, that there's been ex a scientific examination of it, it does not matter that uh, uh, thousands have now seen it. This person is not going to believe that what they're seeing is real. Period. I don't care what you say to them, that it is from somebody named Linda, and she is not going to believe that it is real, no matter what. And, and I just thought that's sort of an interesting study um, in human nature. Now, a couple of... Uh, I, I promised I would do this, and uh, if I have time, I'm going to do it. Uh, last night, somebody called and said, gee, you had promised to reread that vampire thing, and I had promised and did not do it last night. I will do it tonight. Now, don't forget, tomorrow night, the libertarian candidate for the um, party, uh, Harry Brown, is going to be my guest. And... Uh, and it's going to be a very, very interesting show. If you're interested in libertarianism, you definitely do not want to miss it. And then Courtney Brown, professor from Emory University, is going to be here on Friday night, Saturday morning, talking about uh, uh, remote viewing. And he has been remote viewing Mars as a target. And I suspect he's going to have a, have a lot of very interesting stuff to say. So, tonight we'll have open lines, and it should be fun. Stay right where you are.
just a couple of notes. Unmarried teens. Really interesting. In 1994, here in America, there were 393,000 babies born to unwed teens. Of that number, 300,000 are receiving public benefits. Tax money. In Idaho, uh, they have exorcised a 75-year-old law and actually put on trial and convicted, well, it was a couple, 17-year-old girl and a 16-year-old boy, 17-year-old girl, preggers, and uh, as she's delivered now, she decided to fight the charge and she was convicted of fornication. Fornication! Now, that's, uh, of course, uh, fornication just means unmarried sex. It's okay when you have the license. You know, if you don't have the license, then it's uh, fornication legally. Now, the young lady fought it because she said, Look, yeah, I had sex. I got pregnant. I've got a baby. But why are you just arresting me? Because the law on fornication applies to everybody. All the adults, too. And I've been considering that argument. I, I, I think there, we do certainly need to do something about this teenage sex problem. Or the teenage pregnancy problem. But I'm not sure that arresting people for fornication, and frankly, I, I sort of agree with her. In other words, if they are going to arrest her for a law that applies to everybody, then they've almost, and by the way, they did not arrest her until she applied for public assistance. Now, I realize it's a problem, and we sure need to do something about it. But frankly, it seems to me she's got kind of a case. If they were to, now I know Idaho's a pretty conservative state, but if they were to go around Idaho and virtually police everybody, equal enforcement of the law, in other words, and they were to begin arresting everybody who had sex without benefit of, the, of holy matrimony or license or whatever, I rather doubt any of the Idaho jails could hold them all, right? I don't think they build that many jails up in Idaho. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, but if they're going to enforce such a law, it seems to me it should be, as she argues, equally enforced. There has got to be a better way to get uh, uh, stop teens from uh, having babies and then going on the public dole. Anyway, bottom of the hour, we'll be right back. One more thing, and then open lines. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. 
tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 16, 1996. Here's a little jewel for you. Dear Art, this evening on Los Angeles News, there was a report from Northridge, the place where the earthquake was. Several pet dogs were basically skinned, all their hair pulled out, and the reproductive organs removed and taken. No suspects yet. Somebody is suggesting satanic worshippers. Great. And that leads very nicely into this next little ditty. You're going to love this. Uh, it is from the state of Washington. And I've got some response to it since I read it uh, several nights ago. Dear Mr. Bell, please, sir, you must listen to me. I have met a vampire on the Internet. And for the last few days now, I've been afraid to sleep because of what might happen to me in my dreams. It appears this vampire is using the net as a way to meet its victims. It also appears this particular vampire doesn't drink blood, but it does try to seduce you so it can steal your body for one of its demonic friends. On the night this all happened, I was so scared that I locked up the house, got out a white bar of soap, and marked all my windows with crosses. Here is a transcript of what occurred on the Internet. It is two pages and double type, so I'll be able to get through it here quickly. Um, I was in this chat room, a kind of cyber singles bar located on the web. I was contacted by what I believed to be a female who introduced herself as Claudia. She told me she was a vampire, asked me if I wanted to chat. First, I thought it was some kind of stupid joke, so I agreed to chat. She sent me a description of herself. Here we go, right? Told me she liked to dress up in black skin-tight spandex body suits with black knee-high, high-heeled leather boots and black leather gloves. She described herself as looking as if she was 17, but actually she was much older. She said she had white, almost pale-colored skin, long, dark hair, big brown eyes, long, slender legs, and a small oval face. Sounds cute, huh? I asked her if she was going to suck my blood or something, and she told me, real vampires don't do that. She said that if I wanted her, I mean really wanted her, that I would give her my soul. I said... Okay. She said that tonight she would come to me in my dreams, and that tonight I would be a king. She also told me, if I wanted it, that she could come to me in any form, male or female. I told her I loved women and that she should do, would do just fine. She said that tonight I would journey to the other world. She said that tonight I would be king. Tomorrow... I would be one of them. She told me the land of the dead and the world of dreams are one and the same. I was then told to remove any religious symbols or pictures and Christian Bibles from my room. I was told that, if possible, I should leave some access to my room open. I was also told that she had some problems going through doors, windows, and walls. I was even told that... The sex could be ten times better if I would just take the time to break an egg into a small bowl and then urinate on it. I was told I should sprinkle some urine on my feet before I went to bed at night. 
Yuck. I was told that the bowl was supposed to be placed at the foot of my bed. The egg and urine were supposed to be some kind of offering. I was told the offering was being made to its tuxamen, whoever that is, tuxamen. Uh, she then promised me the best sex I'd ever had. She told me my orgasm would last forever, that when I woke, I'd be in another world, a world of magic and dream. She told me that this new world was also known as the etheric plane. She told me when she came for me, my soul would leave my body. She said that once I was in her arms, she'd break the fine silver cord attached to the top of my head and that my body would be given to another, someone much stronger. Finally, she said that the other name for this person, this punk summon, was the soul sucker. That's it. Then I received these. Art, remember a few shows ago when you read a fax on the air, said that it was from someone who said they'd met a vampire on the Internet somewhere on IRC. Well, I'll tell you, I've been hunting for her because I want to ask her some questions. And I won't do anything to get myself, quote, in trouble, end quote, you know, right? Believe me. Well, that guy said her name was Claudia, and I went into a vampire room and asked someone if they'd seen her. They have vampire rooms? Anyway, he said he spoke to her yesterday. Maybe it's the same Claudia or not, but I think it is, and I'll keep you posted. By the way, that night when you read the facts, I really couldn't and didn't want to sleep. It was kind of frightening to me. And then this. Your listener who sent the account of the Internet vampire is indeed doomed. This particular vampire is an incubus or succubus, a sexual predator who steals souls from unknowing individuals, draining them like the classic vampire. Usually, they can be warded off with any religious symbol as long as the faith of the user is strong. In other words, a cross won't work if you don't believe in God. I hope Dominique in Washington as well. So, there you've got it. Um, the old, the ancient, the occult moves to the new, uh, the amazing, uh, the enveloping Internet. Truly a marriage made in hell. <laughs> oh, my. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Boy, that was a good story about those vampires. Do you like that? Monterey Dave, yeah. Mm, Monterey Dave, well. Uh, it was kind of like that yesterday on Wall Street. Uh, yeah, that was exciting. Just remember, though, about the vampires, don't go toward the light. <laughs> At any rate, uh, yesterday on Wall Street, it was awesome. Yes. In fact, in the 1930s, they had the same exact same thing occur on Black uh, Thursday. Then the volume increased over the uh, next couple of days of that week. And it finally hit 33 million shares were traded. And guess what? We broke an all-time record just the other day. I think it was 680 million shares traded hands. It that broke. was that was today. That's approaching, uh, what, two-thirds of a trillion shares. That's right. It was today. And so it's an exact duplicate. And look, you see the harsh, punitive economic policy that the Republicans were instituting back then. They want a constitutional balanced budget amendment. They want to restrict monetary and fiscal policy. 
They're trying to balance the budget on the backs of the poor. Exactly. Uh, wait a minute. No, no, no. Are you blaming this volatility and the 160-point loss the other day on the Republicans? Yes, on the new freshman Republicans attempting to balance the budget. They're restricting the economy to deflationary levels. I've told you this over and over again. I, I, I think you're having an inner ear problem. No. I've yes, yes, you, you are. Because, yes, yes, you are. Because none of this was made into law, nor is likely to be no, made into law. So the market cannot be reacting to something that's not happening. You are out of your tree. No, there's the rational expectations model where people believe what's happening and they know that... Or, the or from the north, sir, you're out of your tree. I, you're out of your tree, absolutely. You're wrong. Well, let me finish. If, if there's a problem in the market, this is on you-know-whose watch. Yeah, but it's the freshman Republicans no. who are restricting oh, the monetary please. policy, oh, just please. like Herbert Hoover did. Oh, oh, please. I can't take that. You know, that's too asinine. Uh, I mean, go sell that somewhere else. Please. This, uh, this is not something the freshman Republicans have managed to get through. I, I mean, I would even argue with you that uh, it would be causing market troubles had they managed to get it through. But they didn't, and there's no chance they will. So the market absolutely was not reacting to that. And you can only have cooked that up in your ideological, narrow little mind so that you can make a call saying something nasty about the Republicans. Look, take it easy on the Republicans. They've got Bob Dole right now. They've got troubles. Uh, just uh, lay off, will you? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yes, Jack in Charleston, South Carolina. Hello, Jack. I had a few comments on the uh, night line tonight, which you said you'll be taping the West Coast. I am taping it as we speak, and I suspect a lot of people here in the West are watching it. What What did you think? Was it good? Well, overall, I agree with that earlier fact or whatever, that it was pretty much a waste of time. But oh. interesting, in the beginning of the program, the show was supposed to be an Air Force tape where they were using camera and telescope to track incoming uh, space debris. Yes. And what they showed, you know, possible UFO and unknown or whatever, to me looked like the Enterprise, you know, from Star Trek on edge, like in profile. That's what it reminded me of. No kidding. That's what it very much remi reminded me of. Um, one thing, though, there's a anthropology, anthropology, anthropology professor from Rutgers on, and to me, basically what he was saying was he doesn't believe there's any life anywhere in the entire universe except no our planet. And no kidding. I think that's pretty much of a brain-dead person to think something like that. Well, anything is possible short of, I appreciate your call, sir, but we've got to consider it is possible. It is possible. I mean, for all the research we're doing on arts parts, oh, by the way, somebody sent me a photograph of a store down in Phoenix, Arizona, called Arts Parts. I about fell off the couch. I had to scan it and put it up on the Internet. There it is, Arts Parts. <laughs> it's a store in Phoenix. <laughs> Next to a, a convenience store or something. It was really funny. Uh, look, short of proof uh, about little gray guys or any other colored guys coming down in saucers, I mean, real smoking gun proof, and uh, right now I may be holding the material that is closest to that, and uh, in the end I doubt that we're going to be able to prove that it has come from elsewhere. You never know, maybe, but I doubt it. So, short of absolute proof, you have to embrace the possibility that we are alone. I don't really like that, and I don't think most people do. 
Do you? It wouldn't be sort of sad uh, for all these worlds and all these suns and all these Saganish billions and billions of uh, planets out there, no doubt, and we would be the only intelligent life. It's possible. <laughs> First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hello. This is Steve from Tacoma. Hello, Steve. Um, I've been listening to your show, and you have um, some people out there that know a little about supernatural things, and I had something kind of freaky happen to me today. Okay. Um, me and my friend were at the grocery store, so I know this wasn't something that I just saw. Um, we're sitting there, my girlfriend was in the grocery store, and we were way out in the parking lot. And there was this crow I noticed on top of a grocery store. Oh, yes. And he was looking at us. Yes. And I sat there and I was joking with him saying, you know, it's not a good thing when a crow is sitting there just staring at you because it just sat there and stared at us. Mm-hmm. And, um... Well, it's, it's, it, that's bad enough. But if they begin to sneer at you, that's really bad. Well, this crow just had a blank look on its face, this, this face. So he was looking at it, too, and we were joking around. Yeah. And then the thing just vanished in thin air right in front of us. We didn't look away and turn back, and it was gone. It just both disappeared. It just disappeared as we're both looking at it, and we just kind of both looked at each other. And Well, I've got a little advice for you. What's that? If I were you, I wouldn't sleep tonight. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? That's what I'm doing. That's why I'm up right now. I usually don't stay up this late, but I when see. I do, I listen to you and... So I have no idea what that means. And well, I don't know. I mean, do you care about your soul? Yeah. Stay awake. <laughs> I think I'm going to be doing that for a while. See you later. See you later. Bye. Actually, I have no idea. I just thought I'd collect another listener who'll be with us till the end of the show. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, hi, Art. This is Bonnie uh, from Clear Lake, California. Well, well, well. Well, well. Uh... Last night, I, I don't know if you heard, I heard that uh, a 41-year-old heir to the Rothschild uh, fortune killed himself in France. And oh, no. I was just wondering if it had anything to do with... All uh, that money, why would he kill himself? I was just wondering if it had anything to do with what uh, Robert Morningstar was talking about, how some heir was supposed to be the one. Maybe he didn't like the idea of being the one. You mean... The anti-guy? Yeah. You think, well, the, you think, when, Jesus. Maybe what he did is, you know, maybe he went into the, uh, into the bathroom and he was innocently brushing his zillion-dollar teeth, as he does every morning, and he looked down and he saw three sixes uh, hidden in the hairline as it was receding, and he, that was it. He couldn't take it. He went, That's got to be it, Bonnie. Thank you. Whew. Soul suckers. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, this is Scott. Hello, Scott. Where are you? I'm out in uh, Milwaukee area. Milwaukee, okay. Wisconsin. Yes, sir. I have a question for you. I know you're a ham radio operator. I am. And I'm wondering if you ever listened on 5 megahertz, and uh, if you ever heard uh, heard these these stations out of Mexico, number broadcasters, and I'm wondering if you know anything of what they're doing. They just sit and read numbers off onto the air. 
Well, of course, 5 megahertz is uh, WWV. Well, right around 5 megahertz. It's up above 5 megahertz. Just up about. above, huh? And they read numbers? Yeah, all they do is cinco, cinco, dos, uh -huh. tres, yes. cuatro. Yes, uh, it's, it's, all yes it's all code, usually meaning something like, meet you at Mina at 4. No, I, I don't know what they are. I have no idea. <laughs> I was just tuning around, and I heard them in there, and I wonder uh -huh. if Art would know what the heck these things are. E-T-A, Mina for A-M. There you go. Yeah. No, something like that. I mean, who knows? No, I, I, I know of what you speak. It's probably a code. It probably is related to drug trafficking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. If it's some drug traffickers or some, sure. some nuts out there like that. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, it just seemed real weird to me. I come across that, and... I'm like, what in the world is this? There's a lot of weird stuff up there, boy. I'll tell <laughs> There's a you. lot of weird stuff everywhere, Art. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you very much. He's uh, he's making a very good, but short wave is really, really neat. And um, you really need to get into it. If you're not listening to short wave, you need to. You, you can hear these weird little political stations down in Central America. And they transmit horrendously libelous stuff. Of course, they do it from the sanctity of... Uh, uh, hiding, they string up antennas and do their transmitting, and then scurry away later. And they go to different locations, and so it's kind of fun to listen to. There's a lot of pirates up there and stuff like that. And then international broadcasting itself is very interesting. Shortwave is a blast. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Steve from South Dakota. Hi, Steve. Say, I got some great news. Okay. Uh, if anybody's going to be in Sioux Falls. Uh, July 27th and 28th, they're having a, the uh, ICAAR Great Plains UFO Conference. Really? And Dr. Stanley McDaniel's going to be there. As you know, I interviewed him uh, yeah. a week ago. John Anthony West. Uh-huh. Captain Kevin Randall, retired. Right. Uh, Bud Hopkins. Right. Paul Davids, uh, Daryl Sims, Dr. Uh, Dr. Jack uh, Kasher. Now, there's one I haven't interviewed, first uh, one. I, I I don't think I've ever heard of him. Right. Uh, but I just thought I'd let everybody know that. I'm gonna, I, was, I, I just found out about it today. Are you going to go? Oh, yes, I am, definitely. Mm -hmm. The Great Plains UFO Conference. I, yes, I, I didn't know they had, uh, had them out there. That's good to know. It's sponsored, it's, uh, sponsored by ICAAR. It's uh, out of New Hampshire. It, it's a nationwide thing. Mm -hmm. It was on your webpage uh, ah. for Stan McDaniel. Oh, that that would be the jump to stands. Weapon. Right. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you know, are you going to have that picture of that crop circle in your newsletter? Absolutely. Good. 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 In the meantime, uh, thank you. I want to urge everybody to go up there and get it. Can you believe this person sent me a fax? As a perfectly good, accurate picture of Stonehenge, but they have, they've obviously computer generated this crop circle. Uh, which proves to me that no matter how good the evidence of anything would be, there would be people who would doubt it. I mean, if this is not absolute proof of that, I don't know what is. Now, I'm not saying this is absolute proof of ETs, but I'll tell you one thing for sure. That crop circle absolutely is there. This is no computer manifestation of, uh, or trickery or anything like that. And yet, that's exactly what this person said. A lot of fun. But obviously a fake. Well, it's not it's not obviously a fake. It's not a fake at all. That crop circle really is there. You need to take a look at it. It is astounding. 
It's on my webpage, which is www.artbell.com. That's www.artbell.com. We break here at the top of the hour. Who knows what lies ahead? Uncharted, uncharted uh, talk waters, I would say. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More somewhere in time coming up. Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 16, 1996. We've talked about stock market and its uh, indecipherable ups and downs. Or we could talk about the dour dole prospects. Matter of fact, Bob Dole lately sounds like Boris Yeltsin looks rough, so I don't know what to, <laughs> we're going to dredge out of that. Or um, we could talk about unmarried teens who are being arrested in um, Idaho and charged with fornication. Fornication! Fornication! That 17-year-old girl got pregnant, had a baby. They arrested her uh, for fornication. And she's saying, Un momento. Now, this isn't quite fair, because uh, if you're going to arrest me for fornication, uh, I don't note that this fornication law says anything about 17 and under, or 21 and under. It speaks of everybody. So I particularly, of course, would like to hear from Idaho. Uh, now, if they were to go around, arrest the sex police in Idaho. I, I understand that it's a noble thing they're trying to do to you know, put a curb on teenage pregnancy, but this is not the way to do it. Unless you want to modify the law to apply to those under 21, make fornication um, okay at the age of consent, 21, but uh, fornication without, without benefit of marriage earlier than that would be against the law. Then you'd have something. But as the law stands right now, it seems to me it'd be applicable to everybody. In the Idaho jails, it'd be real full. Or we could talk about Vampires. I read the um, Internet vampire story a few moments ago, and now I have received this. Listen now. Arthur, I've been away for some time now, but I returned tonight to hear you speaking of Claudia and her exploits on the Internet's IRC channels. I fear the harm has already been done, but I sincerely hope if you read this to your audience it will help to curb some of what is certain to occur. Our friend Claudia is indeed an immortal. I think she calls herself a vampire simply because there are so many people, especially on the Internet, who are fascinated with vampires. Now, see, I didn't know that. She uses Claudia because that is the name of the child vampire in Anne Rice's novel, Interview with the Vampire, which has been recently brought to life in the form of a movie. I just have to say to all of those people who have heard your show that what Claudia and her type 
are doing is purely evil. And by reading that letter, not only have thousands of victims been lured to the vampire rooms on the Internet, but many, many of Claudia's kind are now aware of the grand pool of victims present there as well, indeed. As you have undoubtedly surmised, there are a great deal of immortals who listen to your show. Yes, I know that. Please, to all those listening, do not fall victim. You will lose your soul. As some callers have previously stated, religious symbols will protect the faithful. However, there are immortal predators that are not affected by that sort of thing. Whoo! Uh, so there you have it. And then this, art, vampires on the Internet. Hmm, well, what do I say? Superstition lives, eh? Maybe you should open a vampire line. Matt, in Portland. Matt, you're a genius. Yes, a vampire line. I have never talked to a vampire. Now, I've got a computer sitting right here. I'm half tempted to go up there and take a look and see if there are vampire rooms. I've never seen one. Now, anyway, uh, I hereby and officially, and I will screen the calls. I'm warning you ahead of time. When I have special function lines, I screen my calls. Yes, a vampire line. Are there really any vampires out there? Now, you know, this is a great promo for the show that I'm going to be doing Sunday, because I am going to be doing the first program I've ever done on Dreamland on vampires. Constantinos is going to be my guest, author of Vampires, the Occult Truth. And, and you can darn well bet I will save this story, uh, Internet story, for Constantinos. And uh, we're, so we're going to do a show about vampires. But in the meantime, I thought tonight uh, that Matt here in Portland is dead on the money. Let us do it. Let us open a vampire line. Only vampires. Real vampires. Anybody caught joking around, if I can recognize your voice, and after all the years of doing this, I'm getting very good at that. Anybody joking around uh, will be ejected for all time, eternal, on this program. So unless you're a serious vampire, don't you call this line. Only real vampires. <laughs> serious vampires. Area code 702 Seven two seven, one two, two two. That is, as of this moment, my vampire line. Seven zero two, seven two seven, one two, two two. Incubus, succubus, soul suckers. Are they real? Apparently, they are on the internet. One quick note. Hello, Art. Uh, D from Peoria, Illinois. I've been listening to you talking about the Levit uh, Levitron spinning top. Have you gotten one to levitate? If so, how long did it take you to be successful at it? The sad answer is an honest no. I have not. Now, let me tell you the story. Uh, the Levitron is a most amazing, amazing device. And when I got it, I unpacked it, and I said, Cool! Levitation! I have got to see this. And so for the next two hours, I fumbled and fumbled and fumbled and I couldn't get it to levitate 
and I get angry at it. And I almost threw it through a window, actually. You see, it's a bit of a puzzle. Now, I'm going to admit a truth to you. I, I restrain myself. I'm older now. I don't throw things through windows. So I said, I will give it to my son. I gave it to my son. I said, here, take this. Enjoy. Here, it, it, there's a videotape. Go watch it. Let me see if you can do it. Well, sadly, embarrassingly, about 20 minutes later, he came into the living room, laid down the magnetic base, took the Levitron, went, whoop, lifted it up, and that Levitron sat there levitating in space minute after embarrassing minute after embarrassing minute, and he kept doing it and doing it and doing it. So, the answer to the question is, I have not yet done it. That, however, obviously does not mean that it cannot be done. In fact, a determined 15-year-old can embarrass his father in about five minutes with the Levitron. So um, I'm going to, I've got another one, and I'm going to dedicate myself. I mean, if he can do it, I know damn well I can do it. That's the answer to that. There's also a picture of the Levitron levitating on my webpage. W, and, and get that crop circle photograph, Stonehenge. It is www.artbell.com. www.artbell.com. Back to the lines in a moment. Uh, back to it we go. Now, see, I've already screened out a whole bunch of calls on the vampire line, people that are not vampires. Uh, anybody calling, I'm telling you, on that line who is not a real serious attempt at being a vampire on my show is dog meat. They're more than vampire. I mean, they're just out of luck. For all I know, they are real, and they do suck souls. Who knows? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is uh, Josh from Wyoming, Michigan. Hello, Josh. I was curious. Have you ever heard of anything called true gravity? True gravity. Yeah. Is that anything like true grit? No, no. no. It's uh, okay. it's some sort of state of mind. Uh, I I work with a guy, and he he uh, told me about this today. It was kind of eerie because what it is is uh, I didn't get the whole gist of the whole thing, you know. But it's uh, a state of mind where you control what you do really well, you know. So you do things really well. Yeah. And uh, we were really bored today. We were kind of slow. So I had a tape ball. And about 20 yards away and 15 feet in the air, there's a 5 by 5 opening, 5 inches. And he was like, okay, throw it in there. So I threw it. I missed it, like, you know, by a mile. Mm-hmm. And he told me about the true gravity. And he said, what it is is you don't think. You just let your body do what it can do. You know, hmm. do it naturally. Hmm. So I whipped around. I threw it. And it, like, went straight through this opening. And really? Really, really, really kind of interesting. Just a little food for thought. For well, me. it sounds more like a, a concentration meditation Yeah, it, that's, that, that's along the lines of what it is. Yeah. And he said there's, uh, there's a book on it. It's called uh, Golf in the Kingdom. 
golf, golf, golf in the golf. kingdom. All right. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Just a little food for thought for you. Appreciate your call, sir. Thank you. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art. What's happening? Um, you. At the moment. Okay. I, just, uh, I want to ask a question real quick. Sure. Um, about 10 years ago, I'm 29, my brother's 33. Yes. And we were watching a show, and I think it was something like along the lines of a current affair. The, the situation was they were talking about uh, alien abductions with uh, these three people in a small town in Kansas. Yes. The situation happened. Uh, they started talking about it. They came up with a story about when Bob Dole becomes president, yes. then aliens will finally make themselves known. Now, the crazy thing about it is that at the time, Bob Dole wasn't known. Well, I would say that uh, Bob Dole's becoming president is as likely as a landing on the White House lawn. I think that's, yeah, I, I agree with that, too. But my question is... God, I feel so sorry saying things oh, like that. No. My, my, my question is, is, that, is, can anyone verify, you know, because me and my brother both remember it, but, you know... Well, I can't, but maybe, you know, somebody... Yeah, I was hoping that maybe someone else would. And another question, um, I just started listening to your show, and I can physically blame you for almost being fired now for staying up for the past week till <laughs> early in the mornings. But my question is, um, what is the chaos theory? Um, somebody else would be, I, I can sort of give you a, a brief explanation of it. Thank you. Uh, somebody else, I'm sure, could do much better. Um, but basically, if you saw Jurassic Park, I think that it postulates that if any system becomes sufficiently complicated, sufficiently gigantic, something will go wrong. Now, that's a slaughtering of, of chaos theory. It's really not, but it, it, it's the way it was applied to that situation. Uh, the, the complexity of, a, of any given thing uh, will lead to its ultimate demise. Somebody else help me out here. I'm not really good with the chaos theory, but that's I, uh, th that was a general application as it seemed to apply in Jurassic Park. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, this is Chris from Chapel Hill, Tennessee. Hi, Chris. About 40 miles south of Nashville. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I was just calling to say tonight on local news that they were showing that they think that Koopa Chaba really did it. That's the Chupacabra. Chupacabra. It is my mission in life to teach people how to pronounce that. So let's do it. Say chupa. Chupa. Cabra. Cabra. Now say it all at once. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. You got it. Yeah. And so they think chupacabra's there in uh, in Kentucky. In Nashville. Uh, I'm sorry, Tennessee. Nashville, mm -hmm. Tennessee. They showed Pro the picture and everything too. on TV. Uh, of what? The man's porch? The man's dog? And, uh, chupacabra. Oh, no, no. I know, it looks fake. No, I, oh, no, now see, you just, you reverted. I just taught you how to say that, and you said it wrong. Again. <laughs> Chupacabra. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's important when you're talking about a little beastie. You think they like their names mismanaged <laughs> that way? As long as they can't find me. <laughs> well, uh, then it's right there in your area, isn't it? Oh, she have real close. Uh -huh. So, how would you feel about a long, dark walk through the no doubt uh, densely forested area that you live in tonight? Um, I would do it. <laughs> you would. I'd like to see one. You would. Mm-hmm. I really would. And what did the uh, did they? Ha they didn't have an actual photograph. They had a drawing, I'm sure, right? 
Um, well, I couldn't really tell. It's like the face and the fangs. I've never seen your web page, so I'm not sure. Maybe they have my chupacabra picture. I, I'm the only one I know of who has a possible real photograph of a chupacabra or a fake. I don't know. But it's uh, pretty awful. So maybe they showed that. That might have been it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess things are going to get interesting there in uh, in Tennessee and in the southeast part of the country. I hope so. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Have a good morning. I'm telling you, careful, careful, careful what you wish for. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art Bell, this is Ray in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Ray. I just wanted to call and tell you I think your program is one of the greatest. It's a real hoot. It keeps me awake all night long. I'm a security guard. Well, if if anything will keep a security guard awake all night long, it'll be something like this. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I really enjoy your program. Well, I look. just want to tell you, uh, one thing, uh do you advertise that Gold Rose on radio? Yes, we do. The Gold Rose, generally, uh, the Gold Rose Company comes back on holidays like Mother's Day and that sort of thing. So they're not here full time, but they come and go. Oh, okay. Uh, in other words, I just can't order at any time. Actually, you can. Uh, and if I have the number for you handy, which I'm sorry I don't, uh, I, I could get it given enough time, but it's buried here in about a million commercials that I've got, so... I can't rattle it off for you this moment. Okay. All right. Well, I'll try to get it. Uh, I've been listening a good while trying to catch that number again, but I'll be listening, and uh, I really appreciate your program. I'll see if I can dig it out for you, sir. Okay. Thank you, Art. Thank you, and uh, take care. Hmm. Now, let us see what we've got here on my vampire line. You are on the air. Good morning, Art. This is Wade. Wait. Uh, Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota. W K X Y. Ah, yes. Uh, my my policy began March sixth, nineteen ninety six, in uh, New Orleans, uh, at a place called the Dungeon. That's where you met somebody. I take it. Uh, uh just the most uh, amazing place, the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. Uh, well, you know, what, I, what was it? Tell us. Walked in, uh, beautiful gals. White skin, black lips, dark eyes, dark hair, and it was, you know, four flights up, and it was the most amazing club I've ever been into, and things started to happen from there. And it's been... Um, All right, what did... what? I, now, obviously, it don't get into anything pornographic. If you can, oh, right? please, what, uh, of course But, I, I mean, what, what happened to you? Uh, a feeling of... Euphoria is the only thing I can say. Euphoria, yeah. yeah. It was well, it, that it, was just totally beyond uh, anything I had ever expected. Um, I'm 42. It's. Uh, were you seduced? Absolutely. Did you promise your soul in return for this seduction? No. No, it was just one thing that just it, one thing led to another, and and I have uh, witnesses, and it's. Well, you're saying a lot of things without saying anything. Uh, I want you to tell me what happened. Uh, rather personal, you know, it's, and, and and without getting pornographic, rather personal is just a... Uh... All right, well, look, uh, from what I read, 
this letter that I read from the Internet. It seemed quite clear that um, the seduction was occurring to, to obtain that person's soul. Uh, and that, 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 that was the trade-off. Uh, I I don't have a soul. I, I I had a soul up to March sixth. Oh, you you so you're saying you something ha happened. You're saying you have lost your soul. Something has happened. You know, I've been like in a in a bad limbo, a, a bad karma situation. Um, you know, it's just. But uh, at the same time, it's the most pleasurable thing that you can imagine. That's exactly what this other person said. Are you not concerned for your soul? Uh, being a Christian, as I have been my whole life, nah. Nah? Nah, nah. He says he's lost his soul and he's not concerned. He's lost his soul and he's not concerned. Did you hear that? This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in time. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Dear love, I've done you wrong now. I must set you free. Now. We take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. I love this thing. I just couldn't tell you. Why do I like this? It's an old Pat Boone song. It takes me back to my childhood. Anyway, check this out, folks, and uh, now I'm going to need your help. Yes, I do have another claiming to be vampire on the line here. I'm, I'm holding open a vampire-only line, 702-727-1222. Vampires only. And uh, then I want to hear from Nashville because, dear Art, did you hear about the alien in the Nashville area? Apparently a man heard some commotion outside his house, and when he went outside... Uh, what he saw, what he guessed was an alien. It ripped up his porch and bit his dog. The man appeared on the local news here in Nashville and declared he would take a lie detector test if necessary. I tell you more, but I've been catching the tail end of the news reports and I can't find it in the paper. Someone in Nashville will have heard about it. What about it, Nashville? Um, what's going on? Ripped up his porch, bit his dog. So, east of the Rockies, if anybody can help us with this story, we'll follow up. Uh, so, uh, the east of the Rockies line is 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. And now, to my vampire line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. I can give you several bits of proof. Uh, I tell you the industry that I'm in right now. I'm in the telemarketing industry, and I touch base with... Somewhat vampire-like, actually. Hundreds of people yes. every day. Bob Keats, who's a well-known author, is a personal friend of mine. All right. Well, I, I don't want to identify you too closely. You're telling us you really are a vampire. I really am a vampire. All right. What, first of all, 
What Let is, me clear up a couple of things, though. Please. What, in other words, what is a vampire? So we all might understand. I read the. You heard the facts I read. I take it on the internet deal. I'm afraid that I'm not familiar with that. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry you didn't hear that. All right. Well, anyway, go ahead. As first of all, I have the ability to suck blood through fangs that I naturally have. However, I don't need to do that. As far as things like garlic, other things like that, sunshine. That's all a bunch of BS. Yeah, I suspected that might be. It doesn't hurt you at all. Doesn't, huh? As far as super strength and super adrenaline, that's absolutely true. How about crosses and Bibles? It it actually has, it depends on your inner self and your own belief and your own faith and your level, you know, within the cult. But uh, actually, that shouldn't be too much of a hindrance either. Are you in what you would call a cult? I'm not in a cult. But I will say this, there are certain projections from my existence that do affect, on a cosmic level sometimes, different events that unfold as a direct result of situations that have been imposed on me in a negative manner. Negative energy feeds on negative energy. Uh-huh. And the darker and the deeper the negative energy is, the more power that comes out of that negative energy. Uh, what, when a vampire takes from another, is a vampire taking the soul, or the soul of that, or what we know to be, or think of us as a soul? As a vampire, I can define for you the actual definition of a soul. Every living thing on the planet uh -huh. is surrounded by an electromagnetic field. Uh-huh. I believe that. When you die, that electromagnetic field is released from your vessel. Housed within that energy is the essence of your soul. Your essence. Whether or you're recycled into the vast electromagnetic field created by the core of the earth, whether you escape the Earth and you go to the solar system, the center of electromagnetic energy in our solar system, and you're not going to believe this, but this is true. Jupiter has a great effect in this realm. Well, what what we're asking here, obviously, is, uh, and, and I appreciate that definition. I, I don't necessarily disbelieve that. Um, but are you able to interfere with that transition and, in effect, take that, energy or that essence from a person absolutely 100 percent you can actually feed on this energy it is a massive energy it affects computer systems it affects electrical circuitry it affects the photoelectric cells and street lights it affects psychological behavior in humans do you regard yourself as evil You, you mentioned darkness, the, the darkness, evil. If you walk out into a dark pasture and you don't feel afraid, yes. does that make you evil because you're surrounded by darkness and you feel comfortable? I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, so you're, you're saying it's subjective. Absolutely. All right. I, I, I really appreciate your call. Thank you. Um, and that gives me something to think about. It is subjective. Evil is subjective, is it? 
It's evil, subjective. Hmm. I never thought so. I thought evil was a real, tangible thing. But I can understand that those who are involved in it, if taking of the essence of another makes you more powerful or immortal, then from his point of view, it is a subjective thing. So he wouldn't likely call it, or a vampire would not likely call it evil, would they? Interesting. All right, listen, uh, my wife, having had a nap, is now... Uh, up on the internet, uh, trying to help me in my search uh, for a vampire, and uh, so actually she's in she's on AOL in the chat room. Uh, and here's the way you get there: you go on America Online, and she will be using my name. That's how you'll know it's her. Uh, she'll be using the name Art Bell. So you go on America Online. Uh, just go hit keyword at the top of the screen and type in Art Bell, A R T. B-E-L-L. That'll take you, you'll see a little photograph of me, and then you'll see something that'll say the Grassy Knoll chat room. Check that, and you will go in there, and there she will be, and she will be searching for vampires in there. Meanwhile, we will continue searching for vampires. That, that last one uh, that I had on had, had the ring of uh, uh, some truth to it. Uh, so the vampire line remains open at area code. What other radio show ever does anything like this? <laughs> area code 702-727-1222. Vampires only. Real ones, too. Now, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art. This is Robert New Orleans. Hello, Robert. How do you do? Uh... That's Ann Rice country. Yeah. Let me tell you something about some of these people calling, telling themselves vampires. Uh-huh. First, a vampire can't take the soul unless you're willing to give it to him. I believe that's right, yes. That is exactly true, if folklore is right. Did you hear the man, though, who called earlier and said that he had been in a certain club there in New Orleans, as a matter okay. of fact? that's what I'm going to tell you about. I had my bachelor party there. You did? There was 25 of us who, in the condition we were in, could have took the soul if they wanted it. In other words, if she'd been pretty enough, and she would have been after that many beers or oh, whatever. Oh, that's right, Val. They could have just grabbed up a bunch of us in a heartbeat. You'd have taken one look at her, you'd have said, yes! And Plus she'd have said, soul, and you'd have said, yes, sure! <laughs> and there's not even four floors to the place. It's a little small place on the corner. Uh-huh. It's not big enough to be something like that. Now, a bunch of strange people hang out Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. This is no rap on the place. This is simply where he met that person, that's all. Uh, well, I don't believe that for a heartbeat. I mean, I go down there, I live here, I go in the quarter all the time. So you're trying to tell me you do think it's a place? Uh, no, they could. Not for vampires, it wouldn't be. Oh. They wouldn't put it on. Well, yeah, but, uh, but you see, a vampire really could be anywhere. A vampire could be on the Internet. A vampire could be in a club. A vampire could be somebody you'd meet in the grocery store, for, uh, for all I know. No, this is voodoo country. Vampires I, I know it is. Like in our voodoo yeah, I, I know. I know it is. Because yeah, we're protected by that, by all the gree-gree around the place, supposedly. Uh -huh. Now this is where zombies come from, where people are put under spells to do certain things. Not really for uh Do you believe that about New Orleans? I mean, is it that mystical a place? It, it is for some people, and a lot of people want to believe that, and it draws a lot of tourists because of it. But, I'll uh, bet. I mean, it, but, it's but do you believe like it? it used to be. It's not like it used to be. No, no. Now it's just a real big party town. And we're waiting for you to come here. Well, I, I'm, 
I'm going to be doing that. You said you're going to come down for Mardi Gras one of these years. You got to. And come. I'm I'm going to. Yes, I'm going to. But you need to understand, they they chain me here. <laughs> Believe that. I'm I'm chained to my chair. Here. Well, one day I'm going to come out that way when I'm heading back to Hawaii to visit some relatives, and we're going to stop by around your area. Then I also believe that when I die, they are going to lop off my head using new technology, mount me in a box, put me in front of a microphone, and make me talk forever. <laughs> Thanks for the call, sir. All righty, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the most offensive shows that I ever had, it offended so many people. I wish I could find the guy again. I'd have him on again. Uh, he claimed that it absolutely was possible to separate the head from the body and keep the, you know, as the body dies, and keep the head alive. And I, I he, he, uh, he came on and he talked for, I think it was two hours about that. How it could be scientifically achieved, and you could literally uh, live forever as the body deteriorated, which it does. The head could be kept alive. A living head. Think about that. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, good morning, Art. Or, uh, no, the guy you just had on at the, uh, claimed to be a vampire? Yes. I think he's full of malarkey because that was, uh, I saw a movie about 10, 11 years ago that uh, was the exact same thing he said called Life Force. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie? Well, li no, but uh, there have been many movies, sir, about Life Force or what the soul is or what the essence is. And what he had to say, uh, whether it was in a movie or not, is... As reasonable a definition of what we think of as a soul as any. Well, see, in the movie, it was the space vampires, and in fact, our spaceship was around Jupiter. When I heard that, I said, my God, I think he's talking about that movie I saw. Might have been. Sounded serious to me. Okay, then. Uh, oh, where are you? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. You think you've got vampires in Milwaukee? Well, some, some nights we think we do. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I want to hear from Louisville. This is a very strange story. Maybe my wife will come up with a vampire for me on uh, in the Periscope room. First time caller line? No, vampire line. You're on the air. Oh, or I couldn't. I couldn't take listening to those to those ones that uh, were saying that they were vampires. I don't know what they are, but where was the blood? Are you a vampire? I was. I gave it up. Well, I, I would so say you're, that you're, you're some, a former vampire? I would say that on an etheric level, I probably still am, but I'm, I'm, well, all right. not, I'm not... All right, all right, all right. After, uh, you didn't like what they said. Let's hear what you've got to say. What is a vampire? It's... Are you a seducer? No, it's not about sex. It's not about seducing. Well, no, but, but a seduction is required for a... You know, as at least as I understand it, I, I read this thing on the internet, and uh, she promised sex, but used that only to seduce him into saying he would give up his soul. It's just seduction business. No, that's uh, like the uh, somebody else uh, that knew more mentioned the incubus. Yes. Yeah, that's that's an entirely different um, level of being. A vampire. Well, what is, what is a it? vampire wants blood, but. I, all this happens on the astral plane. 
All right, slow up. Did you actually? I have I have had blood on this plane, yes, and I've had blood a lot of blood on the astral plane. Human and, human blood. Oh yes. And what is it that it does? What does the blood do? Well, yes. it's <laughs> on the astral plane. It's like flying out to the stars. All right, forget the astral plane because I don't know. That's about where that. it starts, but. Oh, there, eventually it starts to bleed through. I mean, you just get taken over. You realize that you've got to do it. You've got to do it in the physical, and that's what you start seeking. Yes, I understand. And so then you actually seek out people. I mean... Yes, and the coward, the, well, I'll, I don't want to call myself a coward, but the, the more timid amongst us will do it by, by asking and finding people that want to give their blood. But there are those that enjoy taking it by force. And now, how I, many... All right, let, let me stop you there. Um, there's a lot of jokes about guys who go up to women on the street, you know, and say, hey, ha let's have sex, right? Usually it, it gets them a slap in the face. I would think going up to somebody or even in a social circumstance and saying something like, hey, how about a little blood? Just wouldn't go over. I mean, how do you get somebody to agree to that? Well, um, there's like a mutual... Attraction, or on some level, you can see uh, who's you can sense see. who's into that. So then there is there is an element. Uh, you you say not seduction, but it's not. It has nothing to do with that. I understand, but it it's a kind of a seduction, though, isn't it? I wouldn't call it a seduction. Some people are just out there wanting to give their blood. But I've also <laughs> had blood from people that didn't know that. I, I mean, hey, I'm I'm an earth. So I was, uh, you know, sort of an oh. optimal place to get fresh blood. Oh, oh my goodness! Uh, I hadn't thought of that aspect of it. In other words, <laughs> oh yes, there's there's many ways when you get desperate. In other words, if you're really in need, you will, you just order up a pint of whole, typo, whatever. Um, I wouldn't order it up. I would get it. Oh. Oh yes. And. All right. <laughs> Obviously, I won't. This give is my amazing. Name. I don't, like don't, don't, don't. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. There's do a lot. There's a lot of vampires in the um, healthcare field. There's a lot of vampires working <laughs> grave shift, so third shift, grave shift, whatever you want to call I it. I never thought of that. Oh yeah. Uh, now, in movies about vampires, they will show vampires going out, and uh, let's say I think I saw the Anne Rice movie interview with a vampire, and and really the vampire didn't want to kill people. So the vampire would go out and first take the blood of rats, take the blood of uh, animals, small animals, that kind of thing, uh, but inevitably, inevitably was drawn to human blood. Yeah, I don't blame him. I've really? never had animal blood. You, you, you started off mainlining yeah. humans, huh? Yeah, human blood. And what do you think that you gained from that, and what did you lose? Well, um... It's like a form of nourishment, it really is. And it came to the point where I felt like the only thing I wanted to live on was blood. I could hardly stand to eat food. Wow. And and for how long in your life did this go on? Well, let me rack up the years here. Um, intensely, um, no more than five. Five years. And But, you know, with the AIDS thing, that really put a, a cramp in my style. That That was... Yeah, I, a lot of that was kind of the beginning of the that. end. That's when I, I just started to get it, it got became so difficult. Now I'm I'm not really certain about this. Uh, I was a medic in the Air Force, but 
the ingestion of blood is not the same, or is it, uh, as the commingling of blood which is required uh, to transmit the AIDS virus? Uh, or is it possible that if you were to consume blood with the AIDS virus, as it passed through your digestive system, it would infect you? Do you I know? I can take the chance because here's the thing. What about in your mouth where you have... You can have Small cuts. A, a gum problem. You That's could true. have uh, a sore in your mouth. You could have bit your tongue. Uh, you know, a million. You could have a million little openings. It's true. And um, I personally am very cautious with AIDS and don't believe too much of what the CDC says. Speaking of AIDS, um, not to like, not to get off the vampire thing, but well, no, I think it's very important because I would. It is. I would think that. Um, that uh, it really would have put a cramp in the style of a lot of vampires. It, it has. I mean, I, I mean, I personally know one that um, that died from AIDS. A vampire. Yeah. Wow. Well, he used to just cover the walls in blood, so it's not surprising. Um, is is there some, some vampires on a physical plane? There are people that actually that you know that kill people. I, I understand. Yeah, um, that's now, what now across America. There is this thing going on with animal mutilations, with the blood removed from animals, all kinds of horrible, strange things going on. Uh, could it be satanic cults, vampires? I don't know. Vampires aren't satanic. They're not satanic. They're not consciously satanic, no. It has nothing to do with devil worship. It never did for me. But, but there is, and I, um, I think you need to do get back to the astral, I know that um, you've had some talk on the show also of astral traveling and so forth. Um, I feel that unless you're doing it in a sort of in a prayer mode or you're kind of really aligned up with whatever, you know, however you worship God, yeah. um, you're in great danger. Yeah, this is well, after, after, lis after listening to you, I feel in great danger. Listen, hon, I've got to go. Um... Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Well, there you go. We'll be right back. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 16, 1996. The stock market yesterday very nearly sucking the vital juices from many investors. The day before, definitely doing so. Volatile. Boris Yeltsin, looking like his vital juices are not exactly at a high point. Vice President says they are. But you've got to wonder about his vital juices altogether. Everybody else, the reporters who saw Yeltsin, think that he looks kind of pale, perhaps drained. <laughs> Actually, heart trouble. Otherwise, there is not a lot in the news. Bob Dole, I guess. Everybody's wondering about his vital juices. Otherwise, uh, believe it or not, we have, for the last couple of hours, been talking vampires. 
I was asked yesterday to reread a fax I had received from somebody who was on the internet, a vampire fax, which I did. Then somebody faxed me and said, open a vampire line, and you know me. So I opened a vampire line. I just finished talking to a nurse who admitted she was a vampire for five years. She drank blood, and, uh, and she um, had a ready supply of blood, and she also took it from people who volunteered to give it. So we've been talking about the nature of vampires a little bit. It's been actually very interesting. Um, right now, uh, my wife is entertaining those with the guts to go up into America Online's chat room. She's up <laughs> using my name. That's how you'll know it's Ramona, because she's using my logon, Art Bell. And uh, if you want to go in and say hello, uh, you may do so. Uh, simply go on America Online, hit keyword up there, and type in Art Bell. And you'll go to this little area where you'll see my photograph, and then uh, check on the grassy knoll. Just check or click on grassy knoll, and you'll be in that chat room, and there she will be. So, I've got two things. Oh, yes, in the Nashville story. I want to find out about that. Doggone it. Where's my Nashville story? Darn it. There is a, uh, a story that apparently ran on the Nashville News tonight about a man, um, a man who swears he was attacked by an alien. It actually ripped up part of his porch and bit his dog. And so uh, would somebody from Nashville please give me a call and tell me if this is true or baloney. He says it's really true and swears he will take a lie detector test. So an attack in Nashville, maybe. Uh, so how about it? Nashville, uh, only Nashville, please, uh, east of the Rockies. If anybody knows anything about this story, please call now, 1-800-825-5033. Everybody else, hold off. Hold off. Nashville only at 1-800-825-5033. Reminding you, uh, we return your radio to normal talk tomorrow night. Harry Brown, the libertarian candidate, will be here. And by the way, thank you for all the faxes regarding uh, uh, vampirism as it, uh, uh, as it uh, relates, in your opinion, to politicians and attorneys and ex-wives, but I choose not to read them. Uh, one politician, uh, Harry Brown, will be here tomorrow night, and we will interview him. He is Libertarian Party's candidate for the presidency. Then on Friday, Courtney Brown, a professor from Emory University, doing uh, a lot of work uh, with... Remote viewing is going to be here. His target, Mars. He'll tell you about Mars and more. Now to my vampire line. You are on the air. Good morning, Mr. Bell. Good morning. Before we start, I'd like to say one thing. After 15 years of coast to coast, it's about time you got around to us. Well, I know. I, it is one of those things that I, and I don't know how I've overlooked uh, uh, you suckers. Uh, uh, but apparently I have, and that is now over. As you can see, this morning we're doing vampires, and so tell us about it. You claim you are a vampire, right? Yes, I am. Okay, let's hear your story, vamp. Well, I became a vampire on June 8, 1966. I was approximately 25 years old at the time. June 8th. I was seduced by a female, and ever since then I have had to survive off of feeding off of other people. All right. Um, without giving me the the um, 
no doubt titillating details of the seduction. Um, would it be fair to say that she traded herself to you for your soul? Yeah, that would be a fair estimate. I mean, was there actually... Were, were you bitten? I don't even know if biting is the right word. I don't even know if, if that physical act occurs. Now, you heard the nurse before this uh, hour. She said she drank blood. Yes, um, the drinking blood part is optional. It depends on how you get your nourishment. You can feed off of blood, souls, or emotions. Blood, souls, or emotions. So you can take literally take the essence, then, of another person. Yes. And what does that do for you? It nourishes you. It makes you stronger. It makes you immortal. What does it do? It, it does all that. It gives you your nourishment, um, and it's addictive. You cannot get by without it. I've heard that. Uh, there have been strange, obscure stories in the news. There was a story, for example, about a wife who I think, I think was killed by her husband who had seen a movie about vampirism and actually took all, drank his wife's blood. That's entirely possible. Some people get into it just because of uh, a mental state or implanted thought. Mm -hmm. Others have no choice. Don't you think that um, what you're doing, do you regard what you're doing as evil? I suppose that all depends on which part of it you take. If you actually take a life or if you deprive somebody of their soul, yes, I consider it evil. The, uh... And if you feed on their emotions, if you feed on their being, that is not evil? I suppose it could be considered evil, but you leave them, you leave them whole also. All right, back on June 8th, 1966, did this woman tell you what she was doing? In a roundabout way, yes. She did not come right out and say it. Then how do you know it happened? Well, afterwards, it was brought brought to my attention rather abruptly. You um, are you then compelled? Yes, you are. You, like I said, you have no choice. You become addicted, and you have to feed. That's odd. I I appreciate your call. Thank you. All right, there is another one. You know, I've been. There have been novels written. Anne Rice writes them. Um, we will do this subject on Dreamland coming up this Sunday. I am. I am never disappointed in this audience. I mean, if you stick with it long enough, you're going to get the real thing. I mean, if there is really such a thing as vampires and. Uh, whether there is or not, it seems like an awful lot of people believe there, th that there is and that they are such a thing. Isn't that something? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art Bell. Yes, sir. This is Steve from uh, Franklin, Kentucky. Franklin, um, Kentucky. Yeah, about 35 miles north of Nashville. All right. Uh, did you hear the story I read? Yes, I did. Have you guys been hearing anything about that locally? I heard about it. I think it was... Uh, Sunday on the news. So there is something to it. Yes, 
Okay, uh, are the details that I had roughly correct? A man claiming he was outside, an alien or something like it, attacked him, ripped up his porch, bit his dog, and he's willing to take a lie detector test. Well, he claims that's true. He said it, it left scratch marks on his porch and bit his dog twice. Did they take a camera crew out there? And yes. Did you they, did you see it? Well, I saw his dog. They showed two little marks on his dog where it looked like it had been bit. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that's what he's claiming. He, he also claimed that there was something above that was, I don't know, firing some kind of lasers or something at whatever it was on the ground. Really? Yeah. Now, we've had a number of laser stories. Uh, there is a confirmed story in California the last few days of a sheriff and uh, a driver of one of the big 18-wheelers that got hit with a laser, retinal damage, uh, and burns. Yeah, I heard that the other night on your show. What the hell's going on? I don't know. All right, well, listen, I, I appreciate the confirmation, uh, sir, and I thank you for the call. On my vampire line, you're on the air. Good morning, Mr. Bell. Good morning. You wanted to speak to a vampire? That's right. A real one. That's correct. You're talking to one. The name's Peter. I have been a vampire since October 21st, 1927. Wait a minute. October 21st, 1927? Exactly. You're then obviously... Uh, Immortal? Exactly. How did you become a vampire? I was brought into this world by my master. His name was Gregory. He took me in on that date after I surrendered my soul to him. Um, you know what I'm curious about? How did Gregory talk you into it? I had just lost my love to another man. In anger, he came to me and gave me an option. And I took it. You uh, you were or are a homosexual? No. Oh, you had lost your love, I'm sorry, a woman yes. to another man. Yes. You were angry. Mm -hmm. And this man offered you what? A chance for revenge and immortality, and I was willing to surrender my soul for it. Revenge and immortality. Uh, revenge in what form? I took them both. You did? Yes, I did. Killed them? Exactly. Uh, by taking their blood? As much as I could. Apparently sufficiently? Yes. And uh, you have been about since 1927. Yes. You, how old were you in 1927? I was 25. 25. And has the process of aging within you ceased? Yes, exactly. I'm the same age I was since then. That's absolutely amazing. Um, do you have regrets? Are you sorry? Is it a terrible existence? Why, why would I have any regrets? I'm just asking. For tra trading my soul? What, what a puny thing to lose when, you when there's no more right or wrong. There's no more conscious. Nothing can stop you. You take what you want, and there's nothing there to stop you. Why would it be... Why would I have any regrets? When did right and wrong stop? Since that day. 
for you. Yes. Well, um, I suppose there's a lot of ways of looking at it. Uh, you, you, you claim you are immortal, and yet the world someday will end, physically end. Uh, at that point, wouldn't you be a bit of a lost soul? Well, yes, you can look at it that way, but how do you know it's going to ever end? Well, you don't. So from your point of view, no right, no wrong. You just take what you uh, need. Exactly. And I am curious. Now, what is it you need to sustain yourself in this immortality? The blood of a living person. And how frequently is that needed? Oh, I often do it once every two weeks. If I'm really, really in the mood, maybe three times a week. What about the law? I mean, do you not fear being caught in the act? No. Never. Never have it. That's one of the things you lose. You, there is nothing to fear now. There is nothing to fear. Once the soul is gone yeah. and lost, um, is it, as we understand it, evil? <laughs> evil. Yeah. You get see, so many people, you know... What is good and evil? Just because you're not like me, you're good? No, it was a question, not a statement with regard. Well, no, no. Well, here's what, here's what I'm trying to get at. Good. Doesn't a normal man kill for his food? Yes. For his freedom? Yes. So what's evil? Well, you see it as, as black and white. Possibly the surrendering of one's soul uh, is an evil thing. I, I, I don't know that for sure. I'm, I'm asking. I, I kind of feel it is. Well, that's, that's one interpretation of it, I guess. You can uh -huh. say that. Okay, if I am evil, I'm evil. Subjective. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, among my, among my brethren, we don't see anything evil about it. I understand. Uh, have you brought others into this same situation? A few. Some that I feel are worthy. Worthy. Yeah. Some, what, are, some aren't. What, what would make a person worthy of receiving this uh, uh, this gift from oh, your I'll give you an example. We had one that we brought across, and eventually his conscience got to him. Okay? Yeah. That's a mistake. We can't have that. Once you decide to come across, you have to abandon everything. Are there, everything. Are there many like you? There's more than you would, you would believe. They could be your next-door neighbor. They could be a cop driving a police car. I appreciate your call, Peter. Okay. Thank you. Hmm. That's kind of chilling. All right, uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Yes, this is Kevin from uh, Pulaski, Tennessee. Hello, Kevin. Uh, I was the one that called you about the 56 cats. 
I just want to tell you, my dad drives a cab in... Uh, Kevin, that was 58 cats. Or 58 cats. I've got an awfully good memory. <laughs> my dad drives a cab in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, sir. And I'm 60 miles south of Nashville. Right. And he told me about this alien kind of guy last night, or tonight, when he come into work. So, you know? all right, so then there is something to there this story. There is something in Nashville. He said that all the cab drivers were talking about it. Uh-huh. So, I just wanted to let you know about that. Nashville Nights, huh? Nashville Nights. I wouldn't be out there. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> All right, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, so, there you go, folks. There is something uh, going on in Nashville. Well, ladies, are you walking out uh, late at night in Nashville now? Or are you uh, taking a little extra protection with you? West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi. Um, I want to talk about our tarts. Um, I'm kind of tired of the vampire thing. I'm, they're not saying much, and I think my lunch was much more interesting than theirs. Well, that's subjective, but you, know, you talk about anything you want to. Um, on the art part, um, I was thinking that the uh, the Dan, was that the, the uh, gentleman's name, the scientist? Yes. Uh-huh. Um uh, the bismuth. Um, I'm a psychic, and um, You're a psychic. this was not my reading, but another psychic's reading. Yes. And this is what she said to me. What? She said, uh, and she didn't know anything about our parts. I just asked her to concentrate while I was transmitting. All right. So she said what? She said, and I, she, she had absolutely no idea I was talking we, about. We got to get to it, or we're going to lose it. She said what? She said that. In a planet that is dense, that they need a, uh, they would take an element such that would be very dense heavily and try to make it lighter. The thought would never occur to them to uh, take a light metal and go like aluminum and transport in it because... Um, All right. They well, did not have it. I've got you. All right. Thank you. We'll be back. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More somewhere in time coming up. Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 16, 1996. Well, good morning. What shall we call this? Interviews with vampires. Nobody else does this kind of thing, as far as I know, except Dan Rice, and she only writes about it. <laughs> oh, man. Weird, weird stuff. So we've got a vampire line open at area code 702 702-727-1222. And we go back to that line now. You're on the air. Hello, Mr. Hello. Bell. How are you? Not good. Not I'm good. very ill right now. You're ill? Yes. And... Right now, I'd like, excuse me, I'm very shaky. I, I had several convulsions this evening. I have an irresistible compulsion to 
receive a life force tonight. You're claiming you're a vampire. Please don't do not use that word. That word was brought forth by your own history and folklore. It's all I knew. What should I call you? Uh, my soul is damned. I don't enjoy this, Mister. But I. I all right, then I why? I don't enjoy this all right, at then, all. Then why did you get into it then? I had no choice. Well, tell me. I'll give you a small and short history. All right, go as ahead. much as I can remember. Go right ahead. In the early 20th century, somewhere. I don't remember exactly, 19, 9, 10, somewhere around there. I played professional baseball in New York City on a team, the New York Nine, one of the very first professional ball clubs here in the United States of America. Okay. Upon that team were several players who had homosexual tendencies. Okay. Anyone who tells you that a damn soul's life has nothing to do with sex is a liar, Mr. Bell. Avidity and lust feeds the fire. Every part of my life details with sex and lust and desire. And that was the now, I was taking I was taken by one of my teammates. I don't remember exactly. A person never does. Hmm. Right now your papers talk about repressed memory syndrome. I believe I have a repressed memory syndrome. I can remember <coughs> several details, excuse me, several details of being indoctrinated. But since then, much of it's a blur. I hear you smoke. You have a compulsion to smoke, is that correct? Yes. My compulsion is similar to yours. You cannot go without a cigarette for a day or so. I cannot go without a life force or nourishment for longer than 24 hours. The longer I live, the worse it becomes. I can tell you what it's like in detail, how the life force is taking. Would you be interested? Go ahead. I will tell you one thing. Once you spill the blood, once you've tasted the blood, and I'm calling it blood right now because that is what your folklore and your history has provided. I have the soul. You become that person. You take that soul. Now. And that nourishes you, feeds you? No, it doesn't. Sustains it keeps, you? It keeps me from doing it again within 24 hours or however the time span is. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't have much time here. I'm right. very ill. All right. I'm well, very well, ill. I will let you go to whatever whatever it is you're going to do. Uh, that's an interesting, that is an interesting description, that it is a compulsion uh, as other things are compulsions. He compared it to smoking. Something you have to do, something you have to repeat. Now, I asked him, was it sustenance, was it maintenance? And his answers just sort of seemed to be that it, it, it had to be. He had to do it. He has a compulsion to do it. An interesting answer and plausible. Hmm. Wild card line, you're on the air. Whoops, would have been. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Art. Yes. This is Mike from Indiana. Hello, Mike. Just want to tell you we love your show here. Oh, thank you. And uh, I know what that is in Nashville. It's not an alien. What is it? It's a chupacabra. I, well, obviously, we all were thinking that two marks on the dog's, on the dog, right? Yes. That's what he said. 
So it could have been, boy, I wonder if the Chupa's in Nashville. Yeah, it could be. It's could moving be. further north. Mm -hmm. And east? And east, yes. Uh, we will stand by for more reports from Nashville, but it doesn't sound good. Yeah. All righty. All right. You take care. Thank you. Uh, yeah, pretty weird. There is a story about a man, again, whose porch was scratched or uh, damaged in some manner. His dog was bitten. He saw an alien. He saw some kind of craft. He's willing to take a lie detector test. And this apparently is in the Nashville uh, press. And the first I heard of it was a fax I got, and then several successive calls confirming the story. Very odd. Wildcard Line, you're on the on the air. Hello. Hello. Is Hello. Yes, it is. Turn your radio off, please. Okay, sure. Um, you know, um, this immortality thing. Uh, I wrote you a letter or sent you a fax. Uh, you were asking about. Uh, Time travel and immortality. Yes. And I don't know if you remember, I told you about a man in San Jose who uh, was using a machine or uh, something that was invented by Nikola Tesla. I recall very well, ma'am, and I got your letter. Uh -huh. but, but in your letter, then, you seemed to back away uh, from what you had told me on the phone. Well, now, this talk that you just had from, this, from this, these people, you know, vampires, actually... Uh, vampirism is necessary for time travel, but a different sort. We all are composed of essence, and the experience I had with this machine... Yes, but, but what, was, I, what I'm saying to you here on the air, right to your face, mm -hmm. is that what you told me on the phone and then what you told me in the letter were two very different things. You, you went all the way away from the machine angle of it mm -hmm. into another area, and uh, I, I was mm -hmm. sort of disappointed in that. Well, I've got to apologize. Uh, I tend to wander a little. Please forgive me. Um, anyway, this uh, idea of taking life force yes. that has come across to us tonight from these people. Do you believe actually, it? Actually, this machine attracts essence. Essence. Do you, do you believe what you've been hearing tonight? I would be a fool to disbelieve it. I mean, you can't believe or disbelieve it on the evidence we have right now. But essence, life essence, can be attracted by a multi-phase oscillator. Well, that, that is... All right, thank you. It is possible. Sure, it's possible. You remember the old Ghostbusters movie? Remember when they trapped the essence uh, within the machine at cryogenic temperatures, I think it was, or something? I, I can't quite recall that it all got away. Well, it may be that if the, the nature of the soul is in some way electromagnetic, that there would be the possibility of a machine that would trap or contain that essence. Or maybe we are foolish to think man can do such a thing. I don't know. <laughs> To the vampire line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. 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 Yeah, I just wanted to say though that um, I was in it, and it is real evil. It's, you you were a vampire. Yes. 
You uh, have to give your soul to the devil to get into it. It's evil. Well, I don't see how you get out of it. In other words, you, I don't see how there could be an ex-vampire. Once you're a vampire, you are a vampire. And once mm. you've want, Wait a minute. Once you've given, given up your soul, I don't think you can take it back. But I think God's mercy is a lot stronger than the devil. But you gave up your soul. Yeah, but I, I'll, I think God don't hold it to you if you don't know what you're really doing. I mean, if you don't really realize what you're getting into. What exactly did you do? Well, you have to drink. Well, you don't have to drink blood, but you drink blood. You, it is all sexual. I mean, people do horrible things for sex. And um, That's true. It, yeah. That lady that's saying it wasn't. It is. It's all were, sex. Were, were, you, were you seduced or were you the seducer or both? I got into it because I wanted to kill someone that hurt me, and I knew I couldn't do it on my own. So I knew the devil can help me. So that's how I got into it. And did you kill that person? No, I didn't. No. No. How did you come to give up your soul? I don't know. You just... You just do it. You just tell the devil that whatever. You say, devil, whatever? <laughs> well, no. I don't know. It's really horrible. It's horrible to go back into that. It's, in fact, just talking about it, you're opening up doors to things that you don't even realize that you're opening up to. That's what I do for a living. I open doors, dear. But this is, not, this is something not to even mess around with, though. I'm not messing around with it. You did. Yeah, I did, and I, I, I know what it does. And it's not... A lot of people go into it for the game of it. It's not a game. It's not a game. No, it's not. Well, one of the reasons uh, that I opened this line was I wanted to find out if it was real. Yeah, it's real. That's what I thought. I really did think it was real. I, I mean, I started out with this fax of the Internet business, but I really uh, am coming to believe this is real. I thank you for the call. Art, uh, vampires are not evil in the sense that Claudia is. They are simply a product of their nature. They do consume blood. However, they do not need it uh, nearly as much as is commonly believed. After they are, quote, embraced, end quote, which is the word used to describe when a human is taken and transformed into a vampire, they need to replace the blood, which was taken from them in the process almost immediately. However, after that, they only need, in caps, to feed every few days. And as months and years pass, they must feed less and less. The blood does not get digested and ejected as food does. It becomes transformed into vampire tissue and begins to harden and strengthen the organs. Eventually, the entire body will have been transformed and blood is no longer necessary. I do not know any individuals who have achieved it. Typically, in modern times, vampires mostly feed off the willing. They lure a following and feed off of them in small amounts to quench their thirst. However, there are vampires who are evil in nature and do enjoy the hunt. 
They are very good at the game, have learned methods of avoiding authorities. Vampires cannot get AIDS. They're not human any longer. They cannot fall ill from disease, any disease that would afflict man, and can only be killed through unique means. The only illness I've ever known to afflict a vampire is through a type of magic that hinders the flow of energy that night gives them. Hmm. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Well, Glorioski, I got through with you, Art. My name's Stuart. I'm in uh, Oakland, KSFO country. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, see what I can do to uh, help put the vampirism thing into a wider perspective, a wider context. Sure. I'm, I am biased. I'm, a, I'm an Anne Rice fan. And uh, if you had a gift so, so precious... Half the world will want to kill you, ha destroy you. The other half would 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 give anything to have it, and uh, yeah, give anything to have it. I uh, got to calm my heart here for a second. Yes. Uh, would you would you want that Would you want that to be uh, common knowledge? I mean, uh, no, no, the answer is a clear no. Uh, you would not want that to become a knowledge. Thank you. But I'll tell you something. Uh, there are people willing to tell a story as long as uh, a forum is given for it. Now, I know when we began the, the program this morning, earlier, a lot of people went, oh, yeah, right, come on, sure. What a bunch of baloney. And then an hour went by, and fewer people were saying that. And then two hours went by, and people were going... Oh, my God. Well, has it occurred to a lot of you out there that in this country we have, you want to call it the chupacabra, we've got a lot of dead animals. South of the border, thousands. There are missing children and missing people that nobody can and will account for. There are mutilations going on that some want to attribute to aliens. Well, if not aliens, then what? Vampires? No? You're sure? I'm not. Not at all. Listen carefully to what these people are saying before you dismiss it. So uh, that that's why we're doing this program this morning. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Ar. Hello. This is Jack in Portland. Yes, Jack. Uh, I was thinking maybe you should open a werewolf line some night. Maybe I should. But tonight it's vampires, not werewolves. Yeah. Anyway, I have a couple questions for you. Yes. Have you seen Independence Day yet? Not yet. Uh, if you did, I was I wanted to get a review from you. Well, I'm holding out. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm waiting. I I may see it. Uh, you never know. I may see it on the way to Europe. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I noticed you haven't done an extra hour in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Do you think you'll do it soon? When the spirit, so to speak. Move, move. Okay. All right. That's all. Art. Bye. All right, thank you. Bye. As a matter of fact, uh, I am go actually leaving for Europe. By the way, it's toll free to call from Transylvania. Just get the AT&T USA direct number from Transylvania, and then or get the AT&T operator <laughs> and call 
800-893-0903 from Transylvania or anywhere else around the world. We really do have a toll-free international line. I always forget to mention it. Uh, AT&T USA direct operator or access number. And then 800-893-0903. And uh, good morning on my vampire line. You're on the air. Hello. Goodbye. Wildcard line, you're on the air. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. Calling from St. Paul. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I have an idea for you. Okay. It seems to be such a split in uh, different kinds of vampires you're getting on your vampire line. I was thinking you should have one of your debates, a uh, debate between two vampires, one that thinks they need blood, the other that doesn't think they need blood, or... The vampire that thinks it's good versus the vampire that thinks it's evil. Well, you know, I don't think any of them have said good. Uh, if I've divined anything so far... There's been a couple that have said that it's not evil, though. Well, yeah, they said what there is no good and evil. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not sure that would set up to be a debate. Uh, I thought it was a good answer. Really, there is no good and evil. Once you've, you've moved across that threshold, there is just what you do. No good, no evil. They just do it. Hmm. Did, right, that, just did, did that make sense yeah. to you? Yeah. yeah, it made sense to me. It did to me, too. All right, well, we're going to break here at the top of the hour, and then maybe we'll do some more of this. Here it comes, because I need it. You are listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 16, 1996. Somewhere in time, with Art Bell, continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. Uh, on the first-time caller, no, the vampire line, you're the on the air. Line. I've already called you once before. Not, not, to, took not, a... not, uh, not tonight, right? Oh, no, no, oh, not right. tonight. Yes, a long time ago. All right. Um, this took a lot of courage, uh, because I usually don't like to talk about what I am. Uh, but I can dispel a couple of myths for you. Fire away. Uh, take, take a bite out of it. <laughs> when a vampire is not initiated into being a vampire, a vampire is born a vampire, period. Uh, the people that uh, are initiated into it, all they really are are hosts. In other words... They supply the blood uh, for the true vampire. Um, Vampires do require blood. I'm afraid so. Um, there is a way to get around it, and often a vampire will be born this way and not realize it for quite some time. By that time, they must be famished. Well, uh, there are, like I said, ways to get around it. For example, <laughs> well, we're listening. Um, for one thing, this is going to really uh, inspire a lot of phone calls from other people that say they're vampires. But for one thing, diet, and oddly enough, 
the addition of iron uh, does hold the disease at bay. Now, that's interesting. Iron, uh, as in iron-poor blood. That's correct. Um, are you still there? Uh, well... I heard it quick. That's really? what I wondered. Well, it probably just Um I can tell you only this, and I'll try to make it brief. All right. I did not know I was a vampire until I had minor surgery, which turned into major surgery. Right. Um... And then I had this blood transfusion, and when I came home, yes, and the doctor notified me that he had to give me more blood than uh, usual. Yes, I came home and I felt like I was on top of the world, and I couldn't understand why. And uh, I yeah. can't, I can't explain the feeling. It was the, inf you. it was the infusion. It was the transfusion. Yeah. And. Uh, but how did you? How did I know? Uh, yeah, how, did you, how did you make the jump from that feeling of well-being or wellness? Uh, because I could have very well been addicted to the transfusion itself. And I feel that uh, vampirism, while it's an adjective, that is really all it is. It might not be an accurate adjective of a medical condition. Well, what exactly is it for you? Okay, we were talking about the transfusion. Um, the transfusion I had, and uh, like that one fellow that called in and said it was addicting. Yeah. Uh, that's the way I felt after I had the transfusion. Like I was addicted to something because I felt so great. And when I mentioned it to my doctor when I saw him, Yeah. He got a very weird look in his face and did not want to stay in the same room with me. I was quite young. <laughs> I understand why. But, but then I realized I, what I was driving for. I mean, I you, actually, like, you actually admitted this to your doctor. Well, I just told him that I felt great after the transfusion, and I couldn't figure out why. Were you eyeing his neck at the time? <laughs> no, no. What I think was in the back of my mind was to talk him into giving me another transfusion. Uh-huh, a little Rx. Yeah, and so he, he became nervous. I didn't realize why, and right. he left the room. I understand. Well, okay, now about three months later, Right. I went into convulsions. And I scared the holy heck out of my parents. How old and were you then? I was in uh, barely 20, I think. 20. It was a long time ago. Okay. Um, and so they called the doctor because they were there, you know, visiting me yes. at my house. Yes. And when he came in, I, I heard him talking, and he says, well, she must have had a reaction to the transfusion. And so I accepted that. I thought, yeah, that's what's wrong with me. And so he gave me some pain pills. He had not had me on pain pills before, but he okay. had to then. Right. And uh, I got over it, but it, it took a long time. But I never quite felt as good as I did on the transfusion. So did you ever go out and... Uh, no, 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 uh-uh. Um, so you kicked the habit around. I ordered my steaks rare and noticed I felt somewhat better, you know, but not really like the transfusion, okay? It still didn't dawn on me why. 
because uh, I talk. Well, what, I talk I, what, to I'm a friend. what I'm asking you now is, in all that time to your present age, have you ever revisited the the, the, the same feeling that you had? I um, sometimes miss the feeling that I got with the transfusion. Yes, I you know, began to fully but surely realize, well, that must be a vampire. And, and it was not a blood mismatch like I had been talked into believing it was because I wouldn't have felt so great after I had it. But, I mean, I, what I'm really asking is, haven't you ever wanted to go out and uh, acquire some... No, you know, I think that's a fetish. I... I now, there might be different kinds of vampires, too. Well, now, listen. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I've got to run, but um, I think that's right. I, I, You say it's a fetish. All right. A guy called earlier, and I thought his explanation was quite good. He said, you smoke cigarettes, right? I admitted it, of course. And he said, you've got to have them, right? Can you go a day? Two days? He said, the compulsion... Once you've given into it, is exactly like that. You've got to have it. And another fellow was is seemingly uh, totally amoral. All right, well, that's it. Uh, there you have it. A bit of an exploration into the darkness. Indeed, the right hours to do that, huh? Okay. All the lines are open for whatever you want to do in the uh, in the remaining uh, time that we have uh, this morning. And you know what the numbers are, so here we go. East of the Rockies, you are on the air. Hello. Good morning, Art. This is Adam calling from Illinois. Yes, Adam. How are you doing this morning? Fine. I'm just fine. Great. I'm otherwise known as Adam1 on the Undernet. Okay. <laughs> I called last night. I've got a few questions for you from the group here. I've been trying to call in on that. I'll try and make it quick. Okay. Uh, do you know when Gordon Michael Scallion will be on again? No, I don't. Um, no. He will be on again. When? No, the answer is no, I don't know. Okay. And uh, secondly, you were talking uh, months ago, really, about uh, getting coast-to-coast -coast on the uh, short wave. Yes. What's the uh, deal with that situation? Well, when, when I go to Russia, I am going to be uh, meeting with some people on that topic. Okay. Well, great. And uh, lastly, I was he's telling me to mention this. I was talking to a guy earlier on the channel. He said uh, he's going to email this to you, this wave file. Uh, he claims it's an actual recording of Satan that was recorded uh, by some guys at a seance at a church late one night about two months ago. All right. <laughs> so. All right, I'll look forward to it. Okay. Thank you. And if I, hey, you know me. If I get an actual recording of Satan... I will uh, I'll play it for you, I guess. God, that really would be weird. Remember the story about the hole they dug in the uh, microphone they put down? God, that was chewing. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art. Hello. Yeah, this is Glenn from Merced. Hello, Glenn. Two questions I want to ask you real quick. I've been trying to call you for a while. Yes, sir. Uh, you talk about downloading, you know, on uh, the Internet? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you say a 28.8 is the best thing to use? A 14.4 is it quick enough to download it all? No, uh, you can use 14.4. Uh, there's still a lot of people out there with 1,200 baud modems, that kind of thing. That's a no-no. 
Yeah. And just one other quick question. Uh, you know, with Clinton and the presidential pardons and all that stuff, what if, presidential pardons? Well, you know, the executive pardon privilege from the president. Yes, I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All these people in, in involved with uh, Whitewater and all this stuff, Jim Guy Tucker and all the people back in uh, Arkansas. Yep. If they don't dump on him, will he be able to pardon them all and just kind of clear his name? Um, you know what? After the election, uh, it would not surprise. It's a very good question you're asking, and, and the answer would could be that after the election, with nothing to lose, or very little to lose, being at that point, you know, a lame duck, I suppose the president, if we can imagine that he is threatened by stories that might be told, could issue a pardon. It could happen. It would be politically very difficult, and it would be a high price to pay. And you could almost presume, just thinking about this in a linear fashion, that if such a pardon was issued, it would be a virtual admission of guilt. But could it be done? Yes, it could. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, my name is Harv. I'm from Morrow Bay, California. Hello, Harv. I listen to you every night with my Sanjian radio that I bought from the Crane. It's a good one. It's, wonder it's wonderful. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to suggest that the crop circles are nothing more than harp system test patterns. <laughs> well, it's as good a suggestion as any. <laughs> uh, except for one thing. What? Harp has not been going on for the number of years that we have been seeing crop circles. How about that? Well, that's okay. <laughs> you got me in a corner. Just a little monkey wrench there. <laughs> but it was a good thought, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Um, back now to the telephones, and let's see, wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. Good morning. This is Mark calling from Lenexa, Kansas. Hello, Mark. How are you? Fine. I am an independent voter. I voted Republican, I voted Independent, and I voted Democrat. And my question is, why Bob Dole? If Clinton is so bad... Why don't the Republicans come up with a better answer than Bob Dole? That requires... Um, I'm not really sure I have the answer to that. You, you would think that they would, they would find some flashy, flashy why, young guy yeah, with... Yeah, uh, why, yeah, why do we have Bob Dole? Um, outside of Washington that doesn't have the, uh, the Beltway influence? Mm -hmm. Like Bob Dole had 35 years in Congress? Yep. So that's my question. All right, I'll, I'll struggle with it. Thank you. Why Bob Dole? Uh, because the Republican Party is a conservative party. The Republican Party is a, a party of loyalty. 
And the Republican Party is being loyal to Bob Dole right now. Now, look here, don't, don't ask me whether this is smart or not. I'm just giving you, I'm giving you an answer, uh, one that you may not like or a lot of people may not like, but in a, in a way, Bob Dole uh, achieved the nomination by succession, almost uh, by uh, succession. That's my answer. He earned it. He was tenured into the position. That's one answer. Another is, it was a setup. In other words, because of the reasons I just stated with regard to the root beliefs um, and values of the Republican Party, his chief opponent was allowed to be Pat Buchanan, who was able to be painted as an extremist, fairly or unfairly, uh, it was it was always going to be a fairly easy job to do that. And he was painted as the main opposition. He grabbed the core radical part of the uh, party, the Republican Party, and appealed to those people. And that gave him an early running start against Bob Dole. But all along, there could not have been, and I told you this, and I'm telling you again now, there could not have been another result. Bob Dole would beat... Pat Buchanan, purity, no problem. I knew that all along. So it was a done deal. Bob Dole was and is the presumptive uh, nominee, is, indeed is going to be. I would like to believe that the Republican Party could have what would amount to an insurrection, George Will's words, and there would be an open convention, Bob Dole would... Uh, politely concede to someone else, but it's not going to happen. Bob Dole is going to be the nominee. And, frankly, I'm glad that I'm going to be in Europe when it happens. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this convention. Uh, Bob Dole has made uh, so many concessions on the way that I'm not sure what's left. You know about the keynote speaker, right? Even Pat Buchanan had a nice word or two to say about the keynote speaker. Uh, Bob Dole um, has changed his mind on the assault weapons business and so many things now that I have no idea what he is except, as I just explained, in, in, in a sense, he has... Uh, simply risen through the ranks, kind of like a, a private who rarely can become a general. He has risen through the ranks, and the nomination is his, by right. Now, that may not be smart. It may not be a winning strategy, certainly. Uh, but you asked how it happened, why it happened, and that is my answer. Wild card line, you're on the air. Is this Van Park, Bell? Mr. Van Partville, i got to tell you something. This is Bill in Sacramento. Hi, Bill. I'm 71 years old. Did you ever hear of Sybil Leake? Uh, yes, that is a familiar name. Yeah, she was an anthropologist, a social anthropologist. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, I went to visit her when she was uh, living in uh, Melbourne Beach. She's passed on now. Right. 
and um, I can't help uh, making a very <laughs> sarcastic joke and a comment because if anyone knows anything uh, about vampires, uh, it would be Civil League. And I guess oh. I do too because I, I was part of a Macumba cult in uh, Brazil, which is a next step uh, better than uh, Voodoo. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have photographs and tape recordings and... Uh, so what, what you're saying is all of this really is real. It's below the surface. The public doesn't know about it. They hear about it only at the edges or in movies, but it is real. It's weakness. It's a person. They prey upon people's weaknesses. As soon as I find out how weak you are uh, and where your Achilles heel is, is I'm going to prey on that. Is it like... A battle of wills, is that a, a way yeah, to put it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're searching for something, when you're on a quest, uh, you're searching for someone, and uh, someone tantalizes you with some bait, uh, you will follow that bait to uh, satisfy your quest, thinking uh -huh. that you're going to be satisfied. Uh, let me give you a joke. Are you listening? Are you ready about the, the vampire bar? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, there's three vampires go to the vampire bar, and the first vampire says, give me a glass of blood. And the bartender says to the other one, what do you have? I want a glass of blood, too. So the third vampire says, eh, give me a glass of plasma. So the bartender says, just a minute now, you want two bloods and one blood light? <laughs> oh, that's, that's really not half bad. I was sure that was going to end up with a Bloody Mary, but uh, it didn't. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Whoa, it's been a long time, man. How um, you doing? I have a suggestion for you. Do you? Okay, you remember how you were talking, you were advertising for the, the Sanjean Radio? Yes. Oh, I'm from calling from Stockton, California, by the way. Yes, sir. But anyway, you said you couldn't do it, um, do it legally, you know, uh, rebroadcast anything? That's right. Um. Anyway, I've been thinking about buying one of those VTech phones, right? Yes. And so I was wondering if, if like, you could do that, you know. I have done that. Oh, uh, really? I've, oh, I've yeah, several there. times. One night, I put myself on the air, I took the telephone, and I walked all over my property outside. <laughs> oh, man, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because we just got you in Stockton recently, so. Uh-huh. Yes, I did. And uh, it was a blast. I wanted to demo the phone. Maybe I'll do that again for you one of these days. How would that be? Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Done deal. I have a, I have an idea for president and vice president. Uh, you have to hold on. Then. No, 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 real quick. Oh yeah, who then? Beavis and Butthead. Okay, well that qualifies you for half the ticket. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 16, 1996. Well, I just checked. It's about 3.35 in the morning here on the West Coast. Temperature outside right now here in the desert, about 76 degrees. Really is the nicest time of day, you know. <laughs> 
Here's some news. Not so good. Actor Robert Downey Jr. is under arrest this morning after sheriff's deputies found him passed out inside a Malibu home. Authorities say Downey uh, has been booked for investigation of trespassing and being under the influence of a controlled substance. Last night's arrest came only hours after authorities filed charges against the 31-year-old actor for alleged drug possession driving under the influence and having a concealed weapon in a vehicle. Those charges stem from a June 23rd traffic stop in Malibu. The most recent incident occurring at about 9.30 p.m., that's last night now, when um, the sheriff's station received a call about a possibly intoxicated, suspicious person inside a home in Malibu. He's presently in the hospital and uh, will be charged and uh, released, apparently, um, when he is stabilized. So that's the latest news there. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, hi, Art. Uh, good morning. How are you this morning? I'm fine. Good. Um, do you know the, the night that you had Robert Morning Sky on? Yes. Well, um, our caller called in and they started talking about Josephus. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Well, they said that he only had one, had only written one paragraph about Jesus, but the. That's right. But I have like five paragraphs in front of me and, and quite long paragraphs about what they had written about Jesus, and I felt like Jesus should get equal time after what they had to say. And, um,. It's all the things that we know about already about Jesus. But there was one last paragraph that had to do about what Jesus, I mean, Josephus, Josephus wrote about the rending of the veil at the time of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, do you think I could just read it real quick to you? No, I don't allow people oh, to read it. Oh, that's what there. I thought I heard you say. Well, anyways, it talks about it, and it's really wonderful the way he does talk about Jesus. And at the end, he does say, um, moreover, it stated that how could he have been stolen away because guards were posted at his tomb and there were 30 Romans and 1,000 Jews. And I had read that many times before, too. All right. Well, I, I thank you for that. No, we don't allow reading on the air um, of Scripture or really anything else, actually any reading on the air at all, because it just doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. Uh, so that's been one of the rules. No reading. No poetry. Especially no singing. <laughs> oh, boy, I've heard some horrible shows where people sing. <laughs> I won't go into it. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, the Italian Stallion in Portland, Oregon. Top of the morning. How you doing, Art? Just fine. Hey, you know, speaking of Linda Moldauer, I had uh, her husband, Jeff Moldauer. That's Maria Moldauer. Or Maria, sir. but Jeff Moldauer, that's her. I don't know if she's still with him, but he packed my club when he came down here in Portland. Oh, He's yes, really sir. talented himself, too. Um, I see. A lot of Portlanders really enjoyed him when he was here. Uh, anyway, I wanted to mention um, another thing. I never heard you talk about much about winter circles. I don't know much about that. I know you had a uh, crop circle. No, I definitely have asked about that. Winter circles, whether you want to talk about the snow or, uh, the, or, or excuse me, or you want to talk about just in the dirt. Both have occurred. Yeah, like I've heard on this program where the winter circles occurred on like on a pond, on a, like a lake or something. Now, that sure. would be kind of hard to do on a lake or a pond, wouldn't it, or... 
Not but, not if it's frozen and not if it's heated. Thank you. Uh, yes, we've. Uh, that's been one of my areas of inquiry with Linda Moulton Howe. Uh, once again, no matter what else you do or don't do, if you have a computer, if you can get to the net, go to my webpage and get a, um, a copy of the Stonehenge Crop Circle. It is one of the most amazing things you've ever seen, period. So you've got to get up there. My webpage is www.artbell.com. You take a look at that and contemplate what you see in the scale of it. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Uh, Art. Yes. Art, I can't believe it. This is the first time I've ever called, and I got right through. Well, that is going to happen. I'm really enjoying your program. Thank you. Where are you? I'm in uh, Canton, Ohio, or just outside of Canton, Ohio. All right. And I've been a listener for about the last three or four months. Uh, and I enjoy all the programs. But I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. uh, you broach virtually every subject openly, but every time somebody brings up something about Freemasonry, you cut it off. I'm not bringing it up other than to ask why you do that. I can't answer that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I really enjoy your program, uh, all the programs. Well, what, what, what would you say if I were to tell you you're speaking with a 99th degree Freemason? I know nothing about Freemasonry. My dad was a Mason, uh, and he... I know you he... see, it's proof right there. I mean, you were the son of a Freemason, right? And you know nothing about it. Yeah. Does that tell you? Uh, well, why I don't talk about it? I see. Okay, I do know that it's a that it's a relatively secret society. Relatively, <laughs> <laughs> they train CIA people. Uh huh. Got to run, sir. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. See you later. And it was great fun telling you absolutely nothing. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Going once, going twice, gone. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. This is Mike from Spokane. Hi, Mike. Um. These last couple of nights, boy, between the temple nights and um, vampires and everything, I'm I'm really not sure where things are going to go anymore. Um, I'm not well, sure how what, many more subjects you have left to discover. What fun would it be <laughs> if we talked about the same crap every night? <laughs> That's true. I mean, you want to spend five hours talking about Bob Dole not winning against Bill Clinton? No, no. No? Um, but there is one thing I wanted to mention to you about Dole and Clinton. Yeah. Um, well. I haven't heard anybody mention... I wonder if we should be so much looking at those two as we should the vice presidents in this next race. Why? What well, difference? What difference? Look, um, other than um, the vice president declaring a pale, sick-looking Yeltsin to be healthy, what have you seen our vice president do lately? Exactly, and, and that's what I'm looking at. Well, so what, eventually what, picks. So then, what possible difference does it make who he picks? Well, that's true. Yeah. But I just kind of thought that might be something people might look at um, with the age of Dole, and I don't no. think Clinton will be around that long after if he does win. Would you vote or not vote for Clinton based on anything that uh, uh, that uh, Mr. Two by Four has done? No, no, of course no. not. Okay, well you answered your own question then. Thank you. They'll make a deal, big deal out of it at the convention because they don't have any drama. And they've got to have some drama, so they're going to make a big deal out of that. But it's not a big deal. Vice presidents simply are not that um, meaningful one way or the other. And when it comes down to it, nobody, nobody votes for the vice president. 
and I, I'm not even sure how much help, or I guess you can hurt yourself. I think the rule in picking a vice president is to try not to pick somebody who will hurt you. But it's very unlikely, very unlikely, they will help you. card line you're on the air hi uh art how are you okay um i'm wondering if you're up for a little uh constructive criticism here anytime okay um uh i'm, I'm really gonna try to help you here Art. um i need help sir okay number help, one help me. number one uh the demographic of your audience tends to appeal to uh mass america judging by your advertisers and you essentially what i want to try to do is help help take you to the next level Oh, so take if you want me to be to the successful next with take, 20th Century Fox, for instance. Tell me how to be successful. Wait a minute, I, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. 20th Century Fox? I don't want a thing to do with them. I hate TV. I don't want the movies. I don't want anything like that. I like radio. I don't, well, want, I don't want to go to the next level. Well, depending on the offer, my friend. Anyway. As a matter of fact, did you know that Rush Limbaugh's TV shows... I don't, I don't care about Rush Limbaugh. By the way, that's one, one, one thing you should do is concentrate on the topic at hand. The, the politics are relevant at this stage in the game. You should just forget about that. I have. And, um, and, and concentrate you, on if you're a listener, you on the unknown. Well, if you're a listener, you know that. Well, no, I'm. I'm you know, I'm, I'm. This is really my second night listening, but I've been familiar with you from, from certain people. Um, num number one, word of mouth. Huh? Okay, number one, this is this vampire stuff. A lot of this stuff. Um, I'm sure you're a smart enough guy to understand that They're all right. of these people are full of crap. Um, I don't understand that at all. Well, okay then. <laughs> You, you you must uh, you, you must be able to understand uh, patterns in people's voice and actions. For instance, no. look at the you you can understand that. In other words, that's your well. It all depends. I mean, you no, you, you, words, you that understand is, that, that, that the smarter the person is, the easier it is to recognize patterns. In other words, that's your opinion, and that's fine. You can have yours. Don't tell me what mine must be. No, I'm not telling you what your opinion must be, but you also have to understand that more intelligent human beings are able to pick up easier able to assemble patterns from other people and okay, other yeah. and other observations they make. All right. Therefore they can easily detect lies and truths. Okay? Okay. Now and, and also you must understand and I'm sure you do from interviewing a lot of the, the doctors and, and PhD level people you you, you talk to. Yes. Um these people in dealing with theoretical physics and, and stuff like that can automatically look at certain a certain group of people and say, Well these people are full of crap because it it's simply But that doesn't mean it's so uh, that doesn't mean it's so. Uh, th thanks for the call, but look, you know, the PhDs don't know everything. The degreed people don't know everything. And, and I have no idea what in the world makes you think that four or eight or twelve years of formal education gives one the wisdom to declare that uh, whatever else they hear is a bunch of crap. That is the kind of elitist BS uh, that, um, that keeps a lot of eyes closed out there. Now, no, I, I have no way of knowing how many of these people were serious. Some of them sounded very serious. And half of what I did, I did for entertainment. Half of what I did, I did seriously. Uh, so, no, thank you. Uh, I don't want to go to the next 20th Century Fox uh, 
um, level, which is what you were apparently dangling in front of me and telling me if I just do it your way, why I'll end up at... I don't want to end up at 20th Century Fox. I don't want to be on TV. If I want to do any of that, I'd have already done a long time ago. I'm doing... You see, I know that I'm doing what I was meant to do, what I love doing. This, I don't want to do anything else. I do not wish to be part of the Peter principle, which absolutely assures somebody will eventually, uh, given enough uh, a blind ambition, rise past their level of competence. Now, I don't want to do that, so I, I very much enjoy what I'm doing. And uh, I think it is very presumptuous and elitist of you to suggest that why anybody with enough formal education would declare these people full of crap. Uh, that sort of myopic thinking uh, is what gets us in trouble. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Art. This is uh, Dave Pinhead in Sacramento. Pinhead? Yeah, I've called you before. I guess you probably don't remember. Well, not not yet, but... Well, anyhow, uh, I'm glad you uh, kind of caught up the flu by on the Mason thing and uh, Knights Templar with, the, with that uh, guest you had on Friday, I believe. Yes. Have you uh, got a chance to get a copy of that book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail? No, not yet. It's about 13 years old. I'm surprised you haven't heard anything about any of that stuff. Uh, anyhow, I thought that you'd be probably cutting out that joke about the 99th degree Mason that you've been working on. Who told you it was a joke? <laughs> I know it's a joke. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't go up to that. You're right, sir. You're absolutely right. You're correct, sir. It doesn't go up that high. It's a, it is a joke. I admit it is a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, sir? Well, that's about it. I just thought you'd kind of stop doing that, maybe. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I admit it. Uh, it's a joke, sir. Okay. Got, got to go. Okay, thanks. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. You know, Phil in Downey, California? Yes, Phil. I was uh, trying to figure out this uh, pyramid thing, and a, and a thought occurred to me, of uh, like an anthill. Why couldn't, like, 100,000 slaves carry up uh, to uh, in, fixed-in position moles who were already set? You know, 100,000 slaves pouring concrete mixture into the uh, moles, let layer number one dry, uh, dry and uh, then uh, put some more mold on top of the first layer, and so on, clear on up to, up to the top. Instead of, you know, dragging 100-ton uh, slabs along, you know, like uh, the movies show it to be. I was thinking of well, that. Well, I believe that they, these are uh, uh, cut and carved stones, sir, not poured. Mm, they're, they're positive about that, right? Yeah, I think they are, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I had a kind of a problem with this head, the bearded head uh, Mr. Morning uh, Sky had on the show uh, or bearded referred head. to. Yes. Uh, if, if it's Mary Magdalene, uh, it's supposed to be her head or represents her head? That's what he said, yeah. Uh, I, I don't quite follow the beard. Well, you know? it's, it's, it's a good point and one that I am not prepared to discuss at the moment. Um, or do, don't dare. I, look, there's a lot of things he said I wouldn't dare discuss. I wouldn't dare say, and I don't, uh, I dare say I don't believe, all right? But I aired it, as I air many things. 
This program is designed to be an open forum, and sometimes it's one thing, sometimes it's another. Many different things on many different nights, if you've not learned that yet. Art, what a show. There are some incredibly creative people out there. I don't envy your job on nights like this. Well, I do. It's, it's when I have fun. One parting uh, line sounds like your wife is also a night owl, as you are. I also love the night, but I know I'm not a vampire. That's for sure, anyway. I envy you and wish my wife loved the night also. Signed, not a vampire, just another old person suffering from a severe lack of melatonin. <laughs> well, glad to have you along, whatever the case is, sir. West of the Rockies, you're on yeah, the air. Yeah, our... yeah, yeah, sir. California in one of the states being used as a guinea pig right now. <gasps> no. And the plans of the now the Clinton and Gore support this highly. Now the plans. What, what, of this, wait, wait, wait. What guinea pig for what? A new auto test. Oh yes. It's connected with, to with this formulated gas, which has caused some car fires. Actually, the uh, gas mileage has does go up. If you contact Channel Seven News, you'll find out about that. I know all about it. Okay. Here's the other thing, though. They have plans for motorbikes, motorcycles, cars over four years old. Yep. They declare it as a growth. You want to, growth, sir, sir? Yeah. You want to make a really good friend? Yes. Okay. You call up. Uh, you call up Bill Wattenberg uh, this next weekend and tell him you love uh, the EPA and you think the EPA is the only thing that can possibly save America. Uh, do not, however, tell them I told you to call. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah, you're right about the, the pyramids. They uh, said that they did not pour mold or anything. That's right. And about the head and the beard, um, they said that the word beard is derived from something meaning head, and they mistook it for head. Ah, uh, good, good, because I would, I, I would, you know, I wouldn't touch that one with a ten-foot pole. And finally, um, you do an ad on your show, and you mention an Asian lecturer by the name of Deepak Chopra. Yes. And you pronounce it Deepak Ch Chopra. That's, I think I do, yes. And um, we it's could Deepak rename Chopra. him Deepak Chopacabra. Ah, <laughs> uh, Chupa's in Nashville, I, have you heard? Yeah. Yeah, Chupa's in Nashville, all right. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, Art? Yes. Uh, hi, this, I had one question. You mentioned the other night that uh, Scallion was going to be on uh, CNBC. That's right, yes. What happened? I guess he was on. Okay, did you hear anything about what he said? I have about ten people that are trying to find out what happened. No, I'm sorry. Because we couldn't see it. No, I'm sorry. Um, I have not heard, and I did not see it myself. Well, listen, I enjoyed all your shows tonight. It was a bit creepy, but I guess you have to take the good with the bad. I, I really appreciate all the callers uh, that come in with some really interesting, intelligent things that aren't on speed. It, well, you, there, you, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I do, too. And all I've got time to say is good night, America.